Hi everyone, this is Deborah Marie Rodriguez with Deborah Marie Rodriguez Podcast and I am here today with another podcast. This podcast I am going to be talking about is how sex work enables sex addiction. Okay, so in this episode I'm going to be talking about the dangers of sex work and its mishap exposure to mishap and this is something that I really wanted to touch base on um I am coming from a point I am coming from a heart of love in this specific situation because I do understand that many people are in sex work so so many people are in sex work this is people's career now it's become careers it's become means of how people make their means I would say it doesn't change the fact that I don't support sex work it just basically I'm trying to explain that because I so I know that there are listeners that are in sex work they might they might not express their in sex work in their everyday life on social media in real life you might not can tell that they're in sex work because they have a regular another life but around 11 p.m they're getting ready to get their self uh ready to go to the strip club and do their own things or they might do it throughout the day which i understand um so i want to talk about just a little bit i'm going to be really touching base on a lot of things i'm going to be touching base on my childhood just uh briefly about that if you go listen to some of the other podcasts you probably know where you know my background where uh, my family history and all those other things you probably have a little bit kind of understanding of where um i come from in that sense you um i really didn't get too much to talk about my teen years so I definitely want to talk about that I do want to talk about um my mom and different things like that and kind of what I saw growing up but I really want to get into today sex addiction something that many are struggling with young and old youth you know I don't want to say old but you know of age so yeah so many people are struggling with sex addiction um because it's an issue that maybe people might not understand how to really understand to navigate and I want to talk about one of the most important fruit of the spirit um self-control so the importance of self-control the importance of self-control whether you are married whether you're single, whatever it is, self-control is highly important. And I talk about self-control a lot. I've talked about it on other podcasts. Self-control is something that will also help you if you are struggling in this area. Okay. I also want to mention in this area that I do I do have counseling services with the Sunlight Chronicles. So if you are on this, any one of my podcasts and you feel that you are looking for intervention and you're looking for just a safe place, um, you can definitely leave me a voice note, reach out to me, the Sunlight Chronicles at the Sunlight Chronicles on Instagram and uh, give send our team a message, reach out to us, email and we can really see what we can do to help you get into some um, classes or something like that, some sessions. And I will be providing other counseling, you know, counseling advice as well uh, to you guys. So I'm definitely open for that because intervention is really important when it comes to that. So some people might ask, well, how do I know that I have an addiction? 
how would I know that I have an addiction, a sex addiction? Like, how could I, how, how would I be able to know? I'm going to be talking about a lot of that and um, just a lot. You know, we're going to get into some, just a few topics. But for the, for the um, verse that I want to bring up to you guys today is, I'm going to be reading from James chapter 1, verse 12 through 15. Okay, and um, it says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it bring it bring forth sin and sin when it is finished bring forth death. Okay, so I want to start off with that and I want to go ahead and just pray pray a sin because I'm going to talk about a situation that I experienced um as a teen young adult. But I want to go ahead and pray us in today. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Just thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for being the light and the life in our lives. Our lives. And God, I just pray as I enter into this podcast, whoever is listening to this podcast or whoever whoever is compelled to this podcast, God, I pray that you bring forth deliverance in any area intervention in any any area or, or answers that they're looking for god i pray that this podcast is interpreted in a way of warning yet love to your people and god i pray that you really convict all of us whoever's listening to this to this podcast if in any every area of their life But I pray that you, even if it's something from the past that we've overcame that we might still be struggling with secretly or that maybe we don't want to talk about, maybe it's trying to come back up again. God, I just pray that you, we lean on you so much that we don't even think about those things, that these, that you become higher in our thoughts and higher in our minds and body and soul, that the even thought of temptation does not even distract us so God I just pray as I begin to get into this podcast let me be able to deliver your word of what you're giving me and the revelation of what you're giving me regarding this to be able to help others not to condemn others even though it will bring a lot of conviction to many even though many might be upset after this podcast I know that I am doing what you told me to do and speak and what you want me to speak to really bring revelation and really highlight an area in a lot of people's lives that might be hidden in the, in this specific time or probably was hidden in b- before so that they can see another perspective and actually work on those things. Lord, I know that this word is life. I know that your word is life. And I know that when you speak that something happens. So, Lord, I thank you for using me as the vessel to be able to give this message out and to be able to bring this message to your people regarding what you've given me to speak on and what's actually happening in the the world today. Lord, I pray that you 
decrease me, any bias that I have, any hurt that I might have from my own personal life, any past confusion that I might have had. Lord, I pray that, that it, you move that out the way so that you can be able to relay this message the way that you need to relay it today. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to get into it, you guys. I hope all of you are having a great day. I am so glad you guys are tuning in today. And I know this is a really tough topic to discuss, but I think it needs to be spoken about. And so I want to deliver this message the best way I know how, and that's through transparency. So usually when I'm delivering a message, I I like to tell stories of my personal life and what I've experienced, not to kind of seem like a know-it-all or make it about me but I want to deliver it in in transparency so that it is relatable relatable to you and so that you can put yourself in my shoes because I am also in your shoes in some type of way so I want you guys to know that and me talking about these things doesn't mean that I know every single thing I don't but I only know from experience and what I've learned and just from also um, talking to other people, hearing about their experiences as well. So everything like that matters. So I want to get into this. And the first thing I want to get into is just the the verse in, in James. You know, basically, I remember a situation where um, it was this guy. It was this guy that I really loved. And, and I'll go back into, you know, my teen years and everything. But I just remember this specific guy and he was just some right someone like really special to me when I when I um when I was in front of him I had a spiritual connection with this person it was it was very spiritual it was not I did not lust him he was very attractive but it was a spiritual attraction that I had to this person that I did not need sex okay I did not want like it was something you know when you can't really care for someone or I don't know I mean look in this generation if you if you're not having sex with someone that people feel like you don't love them you know it's gotten to the point where if a if a guy is not asking a woman for sex she thinks that something is wrong with her so she might have this this standard or she might have you know this way she wants to wait until marriage she wants to do it for um you know glorify god in her with her body but because she because she is the the she's in a state of where you know she has a standard she she has a fear that this guy is going to walk away or he's not asking her for sex it's also like that where she starts to kind of compromise her what she what you know what she really wanted to do in the first place and she starts to kind of lean toward you know trying to be sexy trying to do this for this guy because she feels like she is you know comp- she feels like she's going to lose him you know so in this in this generation it's like if a guy isn't asking you for sex or to do anything with you then he doesn't like you and and that is a complete that is a complete misconception most men you know a lot of women you know and and just people get into bad relationships because of this you know this comes from insecurity oh he doesn't like me he hasn't asked to have sex with me 
Tinder, you know, we get on Tinder. I'm not going to judge Tinder because so many people have met their spouses. They've gotten married from Tinder. You see the stories, beautiful stories. But it's so quick to just swipe and go have sex with someone these days. It's so quick to just meet up with someone and, and, and go have sex with them. And this has become the standard. And so if you're not following this standard, you're either lame, you know, you're not attractive, um, you're you're boring, and and it's highly it's it's highly deceiving when it comes to good positive relationships. And so this is why so many people don't want to be married. This is why they don't want to be with one person because of what's happening around them, what they're seeing in in the and society and so it's very important to filter out those things when we're trying to choose a relationship or choosing a spouse but I want to go into this um this story I was 19 and I just remember I had met this guy I met this guy and in college and I remember us texting and everything like that and so at this time I was in a church and um you know prior to this guy like you know I met guys I had relationships and every all of them was based on lust all of them like I it wasn't one guy that didn't ask me to have sex not that I I didn't have sex with any of the guys but all of them they were asking me for sex we were either sexting I was either sending a picture it was something like that but it was not there was no no guy that that I could say that did not ask or want or you know I got into a situation where we were conversating back and forth of lust but prior to this to me being 19 there was no guy all they all wanted they all were seeking you know you're in the teen years they're raging and lust and all this stuff but it was always like that and so with this guy the other guys you know I, um, well, it was, it was, it actually was, it was about one guy. It was one guy. He was a little older than me, but he's actually a doctor now. Um, he went to school to be a doctor, I believe. But yeah, it was, he, he was, he was, um, he, we didn't, me and him, we didn't have any sexual, you know, anything like that. But anyway, this guy that I met in college, I was 19. I think he was like maybe 19 as well. And I remember him texting me one day. And so... He started talking to me very like, you know, flirting with me and I could hear him texting someone else. So I know he was texting like another girl, you know, the Holy Spirit revealed to me he was texting another girl, maybe two or three other girls at that. But he was texting other women while he was talking to me because I heard the text messages while we were on the phone. I believe we got on the phone. It was something like that that happened. But, um... I heard, you know, the text messages and then we got off the phone and then he was texting. And so I told him, I remember he was texting me. He was trying to get into this, this, um, like lustful, you know, conversation with me. And, um, I just, I just told him, I said, you know, no, I remember telling him no. And I said, I... I actually, I actually love this guy, which was crazy. I ended up falling in love with this guy, but I was like, no, you know, I love you kind of too much to, to, to 
really go into I don't want you to list me you know I don't want me I don't want to list you that was very important like I don't want to list you because I list other guys the guys have listed me after me and I've listed after other guys being completely forward and I said I don't want to do that with you because there's something very different about you and I don't want to mess that up and I remember giving him telling him that bible verse you know if you sow into the if you sow into the lust the flesh you know you'll reap a destruction you know but if you sow into the spirit you'll reap life and I just remember saying that and I remember him texting me and he said good job and I was like good job you know why is he texting me some good job like what what was I supposed to say but I was I just didn't want to I didn't want to lust him in that way because I I cherished him too much to because I knew the moment we started getting into those sexual conversations it probably would have ruined it for me it wouldn't have lasted I just think it wouldn't have been the same that I wanted it to be so anyway me and this guy we never had sex we never kissed we never hugged anything currently you know the guy's no longer in my life but that's just my story with that and that's how I wanted to you know start the intro to tell you guys that there were certain relationships even as women that women you know a lot of people say well men don't want to mess things up women it's the same way I did not want to sow into this relation well we weren't in a like relationship but I didn't want to sow into this situation with lust I wanted to protect that, if that makes sense, okay? So, oops, excuse me. So, I want to get into this by saying, in this world, there's so much sex, everything, sex sales. If you're not having sex, then you're lame, like I said before, you're not in you're boring, you're bitter, you know, how they like to say you're not, and believe it or not, it's, to me, I, when I see it now, it's just irritating, it's irritating because this is the standard, this has become the standard, if you're not half naked, if you're not doing this, you're, you're not in, and when people see it, when we see people having sex, you know, when we see well, not when we see, you know, you're not in there watching people having sex, but y'all know what I mean. When you see all this stuff online and, you know, people half naked, all this other stuff, everybody's like, oh, yay, you know, yes, everything's, oh my God, you're so good, you're so hot, you're so sexy, sex appeal, yes, you know, and that's become the culture for us. Yes, you know, everything like, and, and I'm going to be honest, as a teen, it was the same thing for me, you know. I don't know if I share with you guys on my first Instagram, my very first, my very first Instagram account. I, um, oh my gosh, you know, I was teaching for a celebrity choreographer. Like I said before, I would post, you know, my leotards and everything and all these different things, but I would post other pictures would be very seductive pictures, you know? Because I still do modeling. I do modeling now. I do photo shoots and everything like that. And uh, But no, it was, it was something about my, my um, 
profile, you know, my, my brand of me branding myself, that was very intriguing to others. But when I look back, it was very, you know, I had this kind of this popular, you know, everyone knew me at school, you know, I was the way I dressed and mostly it was in the studio. It wasn't really, you know, um, out and everything, you know, I would show my belly button. I had a belly ring, you know, and all this stuff was in, I was a choreographer, all this stuff was in and it was sexy. It was hot, you know? Oh my God. Yes. You got your six pack. You looking good. And it was all great. And it was, it was popular to everybody. It was, it was in, and that's what was selling. That's what people wanted to be. You know, I, I was doing my workout routine, all of that stuff. And so, but when I look at now, when I look at it now, I was like, you know, I was not, this is why, you know, I wrote the book, love the spirit you're in, by the way. And it's for pre-order now, if you guys had not already pre-ordered it, but I re, uh, redid the book and I'm adding, you know, this part two of just a lot of, a a lot more It's going to be a great book, but it's really about the transformation that God took me on, um, spiritually, spiritually. And I tell people, I was like, you know, yeah, I was, I knew who God was, you know, I, but my spirit, my spirit was dirty. You know, my spirit was the lust that I, you know, the, the just coming out of a lot of things, coming back into, you know, after like a backslidden state, like just walking into that newness. And I had so, you know, that's that, that was like me being 18 years old. That's when that, that year of, you know, being 18 and walking through that, I guess, rebellious state, prideful state, and um, really submitting into God's will for my life, like truly, truly submitting to what he wanted to call me to do and him calling me to transform, you know, being a person with nose rings, ear earrings, um, belly ring, you know, body was tight, butt was tight. I mean, guys would like hunk. Have you been, you know, they would scream out the window when I was in school. You've been doing squats, girl, you know, stuff like that. Very, I mean, even though it was degrading, but that was me, you know, everything was makeup was on point. Eyelashes was on point. Eyebrows was on point. You know, I had, um, a short blonde haircut. It was short. Uh, a friend cut it shout out. <laughs> I needed a new do. And, uh, it was nice. It was nice. You know, they say, Oh, your hair, you know, you have that little Amber Rose cut. Um, you know, I makeup, makeup was, was, was right. I would wear my shirts, you know, those shirts that you can kind of see the little bra and bra through the little shit, this little mesh shirt. You can kind of see the bra through it. I would walk outside with, um, you know, um, you know, this is me at 19, you know, well, the not the 19 where I started this is like I just turned 19 you know so just finished being 18 because I just moved into that apartment that was probably like the first month maybe before God flipped me on my face but you know walking outside with just sports bras walking out like going to the studio I mean I was just I was like free to the point where I I don't I wasn't free like a lot of people say okay I'm free I'm free but for me I was not, I was not free. I might've dressed like I was free. Like, you know, I didn't care or I wasn't cautious of things. Cause before, like I would, before that I would be like, uh, -uh, why do I have this on? Like I need to cover this up and keep in mind, I don't think that it's wrong for like an artist or 
someone who's performing arts like I was to wear crop tops or to wear um, things like that, especially when they're performing. I don't think that that's the issue. You know, at home, I still have a crop top. I work out. I do things like that. Like, I don't think that it's anything wrong with that. But the way I was perceiving myself was in, I was putting myself in a lot of danger. And so this is what I'm going to go into um, of how sex work and um, how it enables how it enables sex addiction. You know, dangers of sex work and exposure to mishap. So I wasn't in a sex work. So I'm going to make that clear. I was not a sex worker. I was not, um, you know, prostituting myself. I wasn't even having sex. <laughs> wasn't even having sex yet. None of that. Okay. So I was kind of just doing my own thing, posting my pictures and all these different things. And so now. I look in this generation and I have to ask myself, I have to, you know, ask the Lord, okay, God, what is sex work? You know, we know prostitution, selling, you know, people, and people just think that selling your, selling yourself or selling your, you know, vagina, they think that this is the only form of prostitution, you know, that you're, you have to be doing this. This is the only form of prostitution. No. And during that time, I might have not been physically prostituting myself, but I was spiritually prostituting myself. And this is what I am talking about in this book. I was spiritually prostituting myself. I was selling myself to other idols. I was selling myself to other ideals. I was selling myself to the world and to the lust of the life and to all these different things because this was what was in. So I was compromising myself with the world. Okay, so... And what happens is, even in sex work now, I want to talk to you guys. What is, you know, you might say, okay, what is sex work? There's so many forms of sex work that are that are different things that are indirectly happening that we don't even see. And how this starts is, this starts from the root of lust. This starts from the root of lust. And what happens is, lust entices us lust isn't just about the body lust is not just about sex lust is like i said before when i talked about uh spirits and when i talked about if you go on the last podcast jezebel their influences you know jezebel was an influence an influence it can be a demonic spirit okay it's still an influence this is where it comes from it's an influence so this influence of lust it all comes from a deceptive seed you know, it comes from you guys. I'll talk about you hear me talk about the deceptive sea and the covenant, you know, in the book. But it comes from this whole idea of, you know, this is better. Choose this is better over God. This is this looks this is entices, you know, it's very enticing. And so oftentimes we're attracted to things that are enticing. I remember Years ago, my first Instagram account, account, I showed, I showed skin. I posted pictures of my, um, and I, you guys will still see my, like, my uh, dance photos of my ballet and fitness. Yes, you'll see that. You'll see legs. You'll see that. Okay, I get that. You know, you'll see that. But no, these pictures were, I was not just dancing and posting. Okay, hey, this is a pro- progression pic. Or, hey, this is my leg. You know, you'll see probably my butt and my leotard. No, I was posting with the intent of, you're going to look at me. 
I'm sexy today. That was that that's how I was posting. I was posting like you're going to look at me. Um I worked out for this body. I'm going to post it all day. I'm look I know he's looking. I know I look good. That was my intention. So I was moving in an intent of lust. I was moving in an intent of lust, meaning I at this at this time I know what I am doing. I know what I am posting. Anything I post, I am aware. Okay. There's posts that I posted that I had to go back and take down because I had to say, well, hold on. I cannot post this on this. I cannot have this. You know, I don't want to tempt anyone in this area. You hear me say that a lot. I know that this is going out into the public and I don't know who's going to look at it. And so I knew that in that time what I was posting. And so even though I was not maybe cognitive of it where I like the Holy Spirit would not in that specific time like I mean even though I had like I felt the Holy Spirit but in this time keep in mind I am I am battling with an influence so this influence this spirit of lust is stronger than the than the Holy Spirit in my life which is not good so this influence of lust was was dominating Okay, this is when it becomes a stronghold. This is when it, when you start to need deliverance. Okay, this is when you going through something where you where you have to, and believe it or not, a lot of people we think we have to run to oh this person this person to get delivered. Yeah, some people you need when when you're going through when that stronghold has become that influence become very very uh, strong where it turns into a lesion. Then yes. You know, a lot of us are, are walking with more than one influence. We're walking with influence. We're walking with lust. We're walking with Jezebel. We're walking with all these different things. We're walking with Marine. We, we got all this different stuff because we have let something, one little root, get so big and become such a big tree that we can't, we have to, yeah, those things, yeah, of course, need to be casted out. But there's, like it says in the Bible, these come out with prayer and fasting. There are certain things that you can, you can, God can deliver you with if you recognize, recognize what it is, recognize where the stronghold is in your life. And you have to be able to minimize this influence or this stronghold, this influence that is in your life and allow the Holy Spirit to become stronger. And how do you do that? That's very important. You have to read the you have to read your word of God. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to be able to move and really instruct and navigate and lead the way in your life. If you're just doing, you know, whatever whatever whatever, of course, it's not going to be it's not going to be able to lead you. So in that time, even though before that, yes, the Holy Spirit was moving in my life and when when I talked to you guys about when I went into my rebellion and all that all that stuff it was very much um under so I was allowing this lust to lead me okay and and so what happens in when you see people in sex work when you see them that this is basically what's happening this influence of lust is leading them and and some people they've gotten so comfortable they don't even realize that there is an influence. They don't even realize that something is leading them 
and and you know they're online doing they're online selling themselves they're online masturbating to oranges and apples and they have no idea because that influence has led them so much that they have become the influence they have become possessed a lot of people are not when i said when people say possessed this means this this influence is leading you and guiding you when you have lost yourself it's almost like you're in the back and this thing is now in the front this thing and this demonic spirit is now in front of you and you have no idea what is going on the holy spirit in you is trying to fight to get up to get and lead you and it's fighting with this with this with this influence this your flesh is there but this now you have an influence so you have a three you have three parts that are fighting and what is leading you is that influence that's leading you this is how you can see in people's life when you see someone needs deliverance from something when you see someone acting crazy or something going on it's because that influence in their life is stronger than god everybody everybody the holy spirit is there the Holy Spirit is waiting, waiting to be activated in your life, waiting to start moving and walking and awakening your life. It's waiting. And so what happens is these, these influences, these demons, these, all of these, they're waiting too. Satan is using them. So this is why you see, you know, you, you might say, why is, why, you know, oh girl, she was just like this. And all of a sudden, you know, she all like this all of a sudden. Wait, I don't know what happened to her. Like she talking to all these men, she doing all this stuff now, you know, she, she going to do this for money. It's all about the, like she having sex with all these different dudes. Yeah. Because the influence in her life has dominated. This is, it has dominated who she is. She doesn't even know who she is anymore. It doesn't, she don't, she don't even have, she doesn't even have a conviction when she's with five, six men a week. This is how, you know, she don't have a conviction. If she moving every week, every week is two different dudes. Every week is three different dudes. She don't care anymore. She doesn't even, she don't feel it. She doesn't feel the conviction. When you get into the, when you've gotten to a point where you don't feel that something is wrong anymore, that's when you know that you have been overtaken by something else. This is why when I hear about this casual, casual sex, people, I'm going to talk about this casual sex, casual sex. You're in a state of sex work, whether you want to believe it or not. Whether you want to believe it or not, if every week you're sleeping with two, three people and you changing partners like this or that, you're giving yourself away. Your spirit, every time you moving in one spirit, you, 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 you moving in one person, you going to this person, you doing this person. And a lot of, I'm going to be honest, a lot of y'all really don't want to do that. You really don't want to do it. You really want to be, you want to be, well, you want to be loved so bad, but you, but you feel like, yo, you know, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. No limitations. No, you're really not free. You're really not free. You're really not free. Cause you know what? I remember, I, you know, people like say, oh, free spirit free. If you was really a free spirit. If you was really a free spirit, you wouldn't be doing, you would, you would respect yourself enough. I'm just going to be straight up on this and say it. You would respect yourself enough. 
if you was really a free spirit you will respect yourself enough because your spirit not free your spirit is tied to all these different spirits all these different people with bad attitudes uh, y'all rolling around with 16 15 16 people probably got 100 some partners a month and you calling yourself a free spirit because you feel like you're not liable to anybody telling you what to do And so, and some of us, just because someone is telling us, hey, you know, you, you know, it, it amazed me when I hear people say, people always got something to say about somebody else's life. They always got something. Those are the main people. Those are the main people. They don't want you talking about it. They don't want you helping, trying to talk to anyone else about it. A lot of people want to hear about it. They want to know they need to hear about this because no one's telling them. So it's the people that are stuck in their own bondage. The people that are stuck in their own bondage that get angry because they're really not free. They're really, I'm telling you, a lot of people walking around flaunting, saying that they free spirits. Uh, just because you posting pictures in a tree and you have you naked in a tree don't mean that you free. It does not mean that you free. A lot of y'all looking looking half naked and you 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 know we doing our weed. I understand that for the people that smoke weed, that's you. Y'all doing all this stuff and you you know you you're trying to come up higher, but you're really not free. Because if you were really free, you wouldn't have to do all this stuff. Then you have people that say, well, the religious people. You you're that's just as much as being a religious person. This is why, you know, I've had astrologers. Well, you know, you you live your own life. Be your own God. You do your own stuff. If I was if I was free by trying to be my own God, I wouldn't have to chase a moon around every day. And when the moon goes down, I don't know what to do. I got to wait for it to come up. I'm sitting here chasing a moon all day when I could be going to sleep. So this is why I don't understand the concept of you know, people tell you, oh, well, these Christians are not free. I'm the freest I ever been. I was in bondage when I was when I was in my in my worldly life. And that little year, that little backslidden state that I was in, that little year it oh, it was the it was the most bondage I've ever been in. I was going to the club. I was doing everything that, you know, I thought was was greener on the other side, and it was I was miserable. I was at the club at 3 a.m. ready to go home because I was ready to eat. I only went because friends invited me. I hated the club. I would go and I would dance. You know, I, I always went to the Latin clubs, but, you know, men would ask me to dance with them. I mean, it was it was fun to dance. Like, I love to dance. It became fun once I, once I started to go. But then my spirit started to grieve in me again. And I was like, you know, why am I here? I No, I love to dance. Uh, you know, at weddings, everything. I love it. Love Latin dance. Absolutely love it. But I was doing things that, you know, other people wanted me to do. And I really wasn't free. I, I thought this was, you know, I was trying to live my life as a teenager, as a young adult. Okay, this is what you do. This you you party. But it wasn't, it wasn't freedom to me. That wasn't freedom to me. That wasn't what I consider freedom. It wasn't freedom that I could just have sex with whoever I wanted to. That wasn't freedom to me that, you know, I had my own apartment as a 19 year old and I was uh, like living across the street from strip clubs. That wasn't free to me. It was bondage. 
And I realized as even though I had my own money, I had two jobs. I was able to pay all my bills living by the Galleria. You know, I was able to do these things. And then when I noticed when I started to go through a struggle, that's when I felt that my freedom was coming around. Because when I had money, when I was able to give to the church, oh, I, I was doing all of that. I wasn't free. I thought that I was free, but I wasn't free. I and mean, other people thought that I was free, but I was not. I had money. Everybody thought I was living a blessed life. Yeah, it looked blessed. But spiritually, I was not free at all. I wasn't. I felt that I had to listen to other people's expectations. If I didn't wear makeup, people were complaining. Where's your makeup? I, I was almost like, I mean, here I am going to school, trying to be a regular person, you know, walking through life, trying to be a regular person. I still got people telling me like, why ain't you done up today? I don't want to be done up today. So I found myself not free. So I want to talk about getting to uh, fornication. Fornication, we're going to just straight up, let's say it. Fornication was one of my influences. All right. This is how I describe sin. This is how I describe deliverance. So if you're taking notes, go ahead and take notes. This is how I describe um, me and the specific familiar, just familiar spirits or familiar influences that I struggle with. So I have me, right? I'm in the middle. And then I have my influences or my past of how I used to be. And fornication was something that, yes, this is one of my familiar demons, okay? When people say you you find your demons, whatever, that was mine, fornication, okay? I don't know what yours is. Yours could be homosexuality yours can be um lust yours can which will you know they all you know with uh i'm trying to think with um sin and fornication they all kind of run on the same spectrum but mine was fornication okay yours can be uh gluttony it could be gossip it could be all of that other stuff you know, it's so, it's so many, like we live in a world with sin. Okay. We live in a world full of sin. So there's not one thing that somebody is not going to have to like still, like you're going to see your, your, this is how I look at it. Me being in the middle, my familiar spirit or my past is running and it's still sitting behind me. Even though I've gotten delivered from something, even though I might not be in that situation right now, it's still waiting for an open door. Okay. That lust in my life, whether it came from me as a child being exposed to sexual abuse, whatever it was that entered in my life, when I come out of that and I'm delivered from that, that thing is waiting for an open door. It is a sign. That influence is assigned to my life. Okay? It is assigned. Satan has assigned it. He has orchestrated. He's telling He's telling these little things what to do oh you know she's going this way this is a this is an assignment I'm gonna send this I'm gonna send that you know this is an assignment these are assigned these influences are assigned to me this is anything you get delivered from they're still waiting for an open door 
This is why we're getting fought. All of a sudden, you see yourself going through the same exact battle. You get out of one thing, you're going through another battle. And you see, you notice, notice that your battles seem to be the same. Why are they the same? Because they never left. These are the same exact things that you're experiencing. If you're not, if you're, if, if Satan knows that you have a weakness in this area, why would he send this? It's not going to affect you. Your weakness is not going to be my weakness. Your strength is where it's, we're all completely different. That's important. So my weakness or my thing that I struggle with, one of them, was fornication. Okay? And so what happens with fornication? Fornication opens the door. Okay? It opens the door. And basically, we're giving ourselves illegal access to illegal advisors. Take notes. We're giving ourselves access to legal advisors on the other side we're opening our spirit and welcoming temptation to come into our lives this is what fornication does this is what sex is fornication per, uh, open parentheses sex before marriage close parentheses a lot of people like to say well you know if you don't read the bible then it's not sex before marriage or da, da, da. you know people like to make little jokes but this is opening if you're on list, listen, and I want to explain this for someone, for an unbeliever, someone who is not in the kingdom of heaven, because the kingdom of heaven is here. Someone who is not in the kingdom of heaven. Okay. I don't know what kingdoms, what, what king, everybody not in the same kingdom. Just because you see them posting a lion in the Bible scripture does not mean that they are in the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven has specific kingdom principles and kingdom rules. Period. Just like the government has specific kingdom rules and and different things that you follow. It's the same thing with the kingdom of heaven. Once you leave or once you realize, hey, I'm now in this kingdom, you cannot live the same way. You can't live the same way without like there's 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 certain things that you just can't do. And I feel this is why I appreciate the Bible. The Bible, a lot of people, you know, make fun of the Bible. Oh, the Bible's not real. Oh, the Bible's not this. The Bible is basically it's you know, the Bible is is basically a guide showing us and revealing to us these principles and these spiritual laws and these spiritual things that we would not know. How would we know without the Bible? How would we know about all these things if these other people didn't warn us about these things? How would we really know? How would we know how to live? How would we know how to open keys to different realms and just all of these things? We wouldn't know that. We wouldn't know that without the Bible. So what happens is fornication opens the door to illegal advisors on the other side imagine you're in a you're in a protection you have a hedge and nothing can come near you can come in one way to open the door to demonic activity is through fornication depression is through fornication lust is through fornication 
I'll be honest with you guys. When I was um, 17, I had my first sexual encounter. I was not, I did not have sexual intercourse, but I had my first, you know, sexual encounter with this guy. Um, Oral, okay. And I found out that this guy used to be a sex worker. He not only was a sex worker with women, but he was also a sex worker with men. Okay, so he was, in his past, he had mentioned to me that he had been bisexual and he was also an escort. He exposed that to me. You know, we both talked about it. We both cried, you know, just him telling me that and his story. So I had opened the door to just, even though that was not intercourse, that was still considered fornication. It was still oral sex. It was still considered fornication. And I had opened a door to something in my life. At that time, when that happened, I had became very rebellious. I had became kind of like, I started meeting this guy in college I stopped going to class I I mean I was doing things that I never did like I was doing things that I never would have saw myself do we had jumped this big old gate together we're trying to get to his grandma's house it was crazy grandma loved me I just was just you know doing all this kind of stuff and so it got to the point where I this was the first time I got physically abused in a you know in a relationship with the guy even though we weren't in a relationship we were calling ourselves friends but you know we was still doing all kinds of stuff we wasn't supposed to be doing but not official so I remember this one time that we got into an argument you know he was arguing with this with the grandmother the grandmother I think believe she was in her eight. she was 80 something or something like that and he was just arguing with her and like he was gonna do something and I was like you know don't you know don't talk to her like that that's not you shouldn't do that and he got to the point where he put me into this headlock or something and he held on to me and um I remember trying telling him to let me go he wouldn't let me go he had me like my whole neck was like twisted and he had my arms tight like squeezing my arms and uh, yeah, like had my neck in some funny position. I couldn't even get out. And when he let me go, I had bruises on my neck, like my arms all over my body. And I remember um, this is the first time like, well, that wasn't the first time I was physically abused because I was physically abused in my childhood. But this was the first time like with another guy that I had like an interest in that I was, you know, touched, like hurt by. And um I remember I just left the house and his grandma said, you know, where are you going? No, don't leave. You know, he, you're the best, one of the best people he ha- he's had in his life. When I was around, he was focusing. He wasn't smoking and, and doing anything. He was literally like, you know, he was um, just very focused, you know, not, not in, in the streets or whatever, all of that. And I said, you know, I told his uh, grandmother, I said, no. I said, 
I can't allow this to continue on because of how how this person treat is treating me. And I said, God bless you. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not gonna see you again. But I have to go. And she said, you know, I understand. So at that moment, when I saw that he did that to me, I knew that he was gonna do this again. You know, I knew that he, it was going to get worse if I continue to stay in this specific situation. So I left. You know, and I noticed at this time. It opened the door to so much, like, so much stuff in my life. Like, um, this was like, I, at that time I had just, I had, was 17, but I had turned 18. So this was like the the 18th year, like I was telling you guys. So I opened myself, myself to like so much stuff. I was just doing other, all kind of stuff, you know, uh, going out, just doing all kind of stuff. I mean, uh, everything, everything, because I had opened that that door I believe in my life and I remember I had never I'm not trying to say you know tattoos are um bad or anything but I do believe like I didn't have the it's almost like in the book of Genesis you know when they took the they took a bite of the apple you know they had knowledge of good and evil they didn't know before you know and that's how it was for me that's how it was for me when I when I opened when, when everything when I allowed this, this, um, when, when I allowed this, like when I started fornicating, okay, I would say I started fornicating. I, it was like a whole new world for me, even though this is very important. I had still been a virgin. Okay. I had still not had sex. I didn't have, I didn't have, um, what is it? I didn't have penetrative so, sort of say, but I, I, I did, was, I did experience sexual abuse and everything like that. So I still had that perversion around, you know, I still, I grew up with that seed, you know, that seed of, of that in my life already. But around this time, um, even as a teen, you know, I was, I met guys, guys were texting me lust and all this, you know, texting me about sex. And I would send them like news. I remember talking, having this, uh, talking to this guy who was, uh, I don't even know if he's drafted now in a best basketball. I don't even know. But anyway, that's another story. But I was talking to this guy and, um, I was 16 and, um, was I 16? Yeah. I had to be 17. I think he was in college and, um, uh, that's something else, me being 17. But anyway, he, I remember, he came to my place. We sat in his car and talked. And um, I remember he, he was texting me one day and he asked if I could, if I could um, send him a nude, you know. I guess he wanted to see my butt, you know, in a thong. Y'all know how it is. I was wearing those at the time. And, um... You know, I said, no, nah, I'm not doing all of that. That was me. Like, I'm not doing all of that. I'm tired. So it's like 2 a.m. So he's texting me, you know, please. And I so I sent him a picture, you know, and I remember, can't believe I'm telling you guys this. But anyway, I remember him saying, oh, man, you know, uh, thanks so much. You know, he like, he like uh, thanking me because I helped him, you know, get his little, I guess his little uh, thing for the night, you know, and at that time, I still, I felt like so like disrespected. I felt like so like used, you know, and to a sense, a lot of women feel like, you know, they feel pleasure. They feel happy, like that they can get a guy to masturbate or they can get a guy to orgasm or something, but it's not really anything to be like, 
I see if you married, you know, yeah, <laughs> your husband, yeah, you know, like I see that, but it's like it's nothing for me. It was nothing to be proud of. Like it was like okay, anybody can get someone to do that. I had guys down the street, like I, I had men. Me walking down the street, men going running the corner behind a trash can trying to like put the stuff down because I, that's how that's how it was. I they would do that me walking down the street. It was nothing that I felt that I was that I felt proud of. But a lot of women, they you feel proud that you can that you can do this, and I feel like this is the root of where this sex work comes. This is the root of where a lot of this starts. It starts from the lust. It starts from, hey, you know what? I am insecure in myself. This is the only thing that I am good at. I, the only thing I'm good at is, is sex. The only thing I, I I can do is is post myself online. And so for a lot of women, and this is something that I see a lot, you know, people feel like you can never do that. You can never, you don't have the freedom. You can't go online and post yourself or you can't go online and post yourself sexy. I can I'm I'm gonna be straight up honest. I don't know about a lot of women, but I don't have it is I am not afraid to go online and post a bikini. I am not intimidated to go online and post any part of my body. I'm not. I I I I can do a nude if I wanted to. I'm not intimidated or I'm not ashamed of my body. I, I know that I'm fine. <laughs> That's not why I'm not doing it. You know, and so a lot of sex workers, they get it confused. They feel like, you know, they'll argue the fact, well, you're not this free. You can't, you can never. I could. I just, I respect myself enough not to. Because I I, I know where that's going to take me. I know that I feel, I, I would feel bad inside. I know how I used to feel when I used to send those pictures. Because me sending those pictures, and I'm I'm a, I'm a straight up talk to you guys. I, I know I have teens on here because I see the analytics. You sending those, and adults, you we sending nudes. I'm speaking in general, me, everybody. But you don't realize that that's the seed. That's where it starts. Anytime you, you know, you send a news to random men, you just met somebody and you showing them all of it, feet, all of it. Because these days men got feet fetishes. I mean, look, I don't have a problem with sending no feet, but I'm just saying like, these are fetishes to people. These are seeds to people. You sending half of your leg every they need to know what kind of uh panties you got on every day this is how it starts next thing you know they want a video i used to send videos too all of that i'm telling you guys all of that and it started it started at i was 16 years old is when it started it started and i want to i want to share something with you guys that i've never shared on my podcast um and i'm going to share um about pornography my first experience of seeing pornography my first experience watching pornography uh, I'm going to share that on here today because this is going to be co- kind of like a lengthy podcast because I really want to discover uh, I really want to share with you guys but I'm, I want to be completely authentic but my first time seeing pornography and it's not to really expose anyone <laughs> but I think I was, let me see how old I was. I was, let me see. I had to be 
I had to be nine or ten. I think I had to be nine or ten. That was the time in my life where I started going through the sexual abuse. Okay, I started going through incest and other things like that. I, I talked about on my um, podcast, and I understand when who I went through this specific thing with why that perversion got exposed in their life and where it came from now it had already got exposed in their their life prior to that uh for something that they had went through you know probably that I don't know you know but for me I remember I uh remember it was very vivid and um I was actually laying on the floor um and I had a closet mirror. We had a closet mirror in our room and I was laying on the floor and um, a sibling of mine was in high school and um, they got a hold of some, I guess the friends, I don't know, some videos, whatever. I don't know what happened, okay? But I was laying on the floor and um, I saw this mirror and in this mirror, I looked into the mirror and I was sleeping. But when I woke up, I didn't know my sibling was in there. Okay. I saw, I looked over and I saw these women. Now I didn't see what my sibling was doing. I just saw these women and these women were on the screen and they didn't have no shirt on. And they had like their boobs. I don't know if it was that flash out. They was flashing like everybody, everybody was on the screen flashing their boobs. And they looked like they had like fake, um, like fake boobs well maybe they had boob jobs but they nipples was out and everything and they were just like flashing their boobs you know and in that moment it was like men and women you know women was flashing their boobs the men was like you know I don't know if I saw the men like doing something with the women but it was so it was so provocative and perverted and but it planted something in me and that it planted something there so I was young that's the time I kind of was going through the sexual stuff and all this stuff and um somebody else had went I talked about this I think on the war of the mind I believe um another sibling was going through something at school she ended up going through sexual abuse at school someone who was experienced sexual abuse at their school brought her uh brought something to school and did a bunch of stuff to her okay uh did a bunch of stuff to her so it was just like a whole bunch of stuff so this this thing happened and um it was just so much stuff that happened with us you know and it was just I didn't understand what was going on I was like oh my god all this stuff is going on what the heck is going on my mom had passed away so my mom wasn't like there to kind of tell me anything so it was just a lot of like things going on so I just remember that time where that was the first time that I ever saw somebody other than myself like all out flat out you know just perverted you know and I don't know where this specific person got this from I don't know who gave it to them but I know from that from that day on it became from where like they was watching it like all the time but that was the only time that I saw it okay so what happens is pornography believe it or not also opens a door to fornication it also opens the door to that site and you've been you're being able to see all of this different stuff and then 
you start having a feeling within your body and then you start wanting to touch yourself and you start wanting to like you know you have this urge or this feeling and this is where it starts this is where it starts so for me I had a lot of things around my life early on as a child as a child and then as around this time and then as a teen so I just connected myself to a lot of relationships out of lust. I was not in love with the guys. I It was lust. It was lust. It was lust. And it was just because I felt most of the time because I felt bad. Um, I felt like, you know, I was I didn't want to be lonely. And, you know, these guys didn't want to be lonely. And so I gave them a chance. But it really, it really hindered me. You know, it really hindered me a lot. And so basically when we're doing this, we're opening our spirits uh, to illegal advisors on the other side. All right. And so this is when we're allowing influences and all of these different things to come in. And this is why, you know, me personally, just to be authentic, very authentic with you guys, like struggling with fornication when I was in the act of fornication, it was so stressful like so stressful for me where you might like after I have sex or whatever I might be like oh yes you know and I'm gonna talk you guys I'm talking about this in singles and celibacy as well so that's a new podcast starting up and I'll get way way more in detail on that podcast but um I'm gonna be talking about all this stuff but um I would be like yes you know the time of my life and I'm feeling like so great I fall asleep then all of a sudden insecurities are coming oh is this the one? Oh, there was somebody else oh and then you know most of the time the men would after that they don't want to talk to you the next day or they're they're trying to be casual with somebody else and so the only time I'll be honest with you guys when I hear people say you don't own them you don't have to do this openness is good it's because they're most likely having sex with somebody else too they're they're okay with openness because they're they have multiple partners as well and guess how unhealthy that is because you have a multiple partner they have multiple partners y'all they other person got multiple partners you actually you're not sleeping with one person you're sleeping with six so while we're running around this is why you know people you get mad at somebody that don't want to be open or have one multiple partners they don't want all of that transferring to them that's how it feels. And this is why if you don't want that, I'm just going to be straight up honest cuz I'm I'm speaking. Look, I had to speak for myself too. If you want to be single, if you want to be single, okay? Or if you want one partner and you're not married, it's best to to not even get into that situation because most likely that other partner could be sleeping with somebody that you don't know. You might not know it. You might see it if you're in the spirit like me. Because I see all, I see it all the time. I'll see if they got three. I'll see if they got 16. I'll see what STD came to me. God will show me all of it. If it came. He'll show me every single thing. And I'll see it. I'll call it out. And I'm always right. Thank God for cures. You know, for the past. But you don't want to get yourself in a situation where you turn around and... You can't keep your pH balance. You can't keep your pH balance because your partner got other partners. And you wondering why you got BV again for the second time this year. And you haven't had, you didn't have more than one or more 
more than one partner. You only had one, but your partner had more than one partner. And now you having to pay for the consequence because that other partner had that. And you wondering why you can't never keep your pH balanced because after you had sex with that person, your pH, your pH then went off. But I'm not going to talk about all that. We're going to wait for that in, in singles and celibacy. But what I'm saying is, it comes, that territory, when you're in the kingdom of God, you there are certain things that the Lord is saying, refrain from, stay away from, danger, danger, danger. We ain't just saying this because we want to control or own nobody. No. A person that's not in the kingdom or that wants to stay out of the kingdom, I'll say it like that, in the worldly kingdom, they're not going to have the same consequences that you're going to have when you're in the kingdom. Yeah, they'll have it, but it's not going to affect them the way it's going to affect you. They don't care about sitting around with five uh, STDs. They don't care about going, passing it around. They don't care about casual sex. These days, people calling something that is considered herpes or hsv because you know you got hiv you got hsv you got hpv you got hepatitis people calling cold sores these days we calling them um we calling them oh it's common everybody got it no everybody don't got it some people got it when they when they were young you know they had a cold sore which is a herpes which is a uh, which which can lead to HS, uh, HSV2. So please go ahead and do your research. I do also do women's health and all that stuff if you guys want any information. But that those things, everybody don't have that. Everybody didn't have that infection. Everybody wasn't born with that infection. So these days, we get so casual. We go around, we do all these different things. It's not, you know, it's not to condemn anybody because, look, people have HIV and they get in, they are in very great relationships. That's not going to stop you from being in a relationship. Having uh, anything is not going to stop you from being in a relationship. It doesn't. You can still live your life beautifully and, and great. But what I'm saying is these situations, the Lord tells us to refrain from these for a specific situation, uh, for a specific reason. This is a portal. This is a doorway to other things to come into our life. I noticed when I am in this or when I was in this specific sin, when I was in fornication, oh, it was rocky for me. You know, I'm, I'm over here. Everything's calm and relaxed. And then the moment, the moment, oh, the old guy, uh, whoever come up random, I, it's like a rocky. I'm going through all of this stuff. I'm not fleeing from fornication because I'm, I want to be a, a, a boring Nancy. I'm fleeing from it because I can't, I can't, I cannot allow, or I can't, I can't, I can't allow that same, that I know what's coming to me the moment I get into it. It's not going to affect somebody who's saying, oh, let's be free. Let's be casual. You can have sex with anybody you want. We're, we're animals. God didn't call me to be the animal. He didn't call me to be, he not, he not. Look, lions mate with multiple partners God didn't call me to that he didn't call me to that okay so I want to get into polygamy and we got getting into sex work and I'm getting into trafficking and how a sex work enables what how it enables sexual addiction I'm going to get into um, polygamy 
but at first I want to get into I'm gonna fornication so what happens with fornication and addiction how fornication turns into addiction this is we're gonna get into polygamy now but fornication sex how often you have sex is going to determine how often you're going to need sex so if you're having sex every day this is why marriage just because you married I'm just going to say it. Just because you're married don't mean you're not going to go through other stuff. So, yay. You're married. You might not struggle with fornication anymore. You might be free in that in that, in that that element. But it's still going to be other elements that you're going to struggle through. Okay? That you're going to... I don't want to say you're going to struggle through. I don't want to, you know, speak that on you. But there's going to be other things that you're going to have to still work through. Or still might be trying to fight you and tempt you in certain areas. But fornication might not be the thing. But... There could be other open doorways and other things. So you still have to be mindful and you still have to stay in prayer. And this is still a constant process. Okay. But what happens is if you're having sex every day. Okay. And you're not married. And you're having sex every day. This is what you do every day. And I've noticed that many people that are not married. They sort of say might have more of a sex life than people who are married some people that are married they kind of stop having sex you know and a lot of them this is how some of them that are married turn to sex workers or turn to these type of people because of other things most of the time it's because of their they've watch pornography they've gained an addiction to pornography so they go and they need more it's almost like needing a higher dose of a drug if you're on marijuana and people don't like to say it, but marijuana is a gateway. You're on marijuana, um, CBD. I mean, CBD, I understand this is medical. That's like more of a medical marijuana. Like people say, I don't, um, me personally, I don't use any products with CBD in it or marijuana simply because I, um, yeah, I don't I just don't use it. Do I agree with mer- medical marijuana? Um yeah, in a topical form, you know, if it's used like for creams or different things like that, I understand it helps people with period pains and different things like that. Do I agree you should be giving your children edibles? No. <laughs> uh or do you know, I agree that you people should just be smoking it every day. No, because I feel like it turns into an addiction. I feel like any medicine, any supplement, anything can turn into an addiction. Coffee is a drug. Coffee, caffeine, you know, is is, is a drug. You drink it every day, you're going to need it every day. So I think that nothing should be put in a place of actual, to put in a place to where you can't, re- you really don't realize what's going on with you. You know, if you're having sex every day, most likely you're becoming numb to it and it becomes an addiction. And when you're not having sex, you start to go into a withdrawal. So what happens is some people every two weeks, you'll notice they need sex every two weeks, every two weeks. Some people can't even go a month. They got to go every two weeks. Some people can't go a week. They need three days. They need one day. They have to do it every day, you know. 
Uh, this is also one of the reasons why I chose not to live with anyone before I was married for that specific reason. I'll get into that in, in another podcast. But that's also a reason why. Because I knew the moment I moved in with somebody, we were going to be having sex every day. Not me. I was not going to just be live with you and I have sex with you. I already know how I am. So I knew to for that to be accountable and to have integrity that I was never going to move into a within with a man I didn't care if I was on the last strand I wasn't going to do it one thing I wasn't going to do was be homeless and in fornication I was going to either fight one or the other and I chose to fight I chose to fight that one so I didn't want to be all the way in it because I knew that this was something that was strong and when it came and when it took over it took over so I knew That was why I did not move in with a man, even in a struggle. A lot of people ask, why didn't you move in with a man? Well, that's why, you know, other reasons as well, but that's why. And so, um, yeah, I want to talk about that. And polygamy, what happens in polygamy? That's the same thing we get into. Casual sex is okay. Casual sex is this. Most of the time um a lot of in a lot of relationships they 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 start to use um they start to introduce openness they introduce this most of the time because a partner feels that they want to try something else that they are not happy so they say well why don't you why don't you go have sex with someone else you know then now we're getting into the abraham and and sarah and and hagar situation where he you know they wanted a child the moment we get into this, we're going out of the out of the will of God. We're already out of the will of God in fornication. Now we're really going out of the will of God when we're saying, hey, you know what? Go ahead. Go ahead and do what you want to do. So we're putting, we're not putting only one person in our relationship. We got three, four, five, and six people now all in a relationship with us. So we're not really just in a polygamy. We're in orgies. See, a lot of us, we, we can't shake out of depression we can't get out of the insecurity because we we're in, we're in orgies with other people spiritually. People might say, "Well, orgies is just for sex." No, no, spiritually you're all tied up and chained up and you can't see it. And so what happens is you're in this orgy and you you think that this you're you're just with this one person and now this one person has been open with other people and you're taking on this person's or orgies so now you got 16 people in one orgy and then what's happening is you might just be in a relationship with one person but we'll see when you're in fornication and you have not gotten delivered you're now taking on this old this person that you're with you're taking on his ex-girlfriends you're taking on her ex-boyfriends and if they was if they was in two and multiple uh relationships with men and women you taking on other men and other women you know, it's, so you in this relationship with this one person, but the moment you open the door to fornication, you're taking on all their past and they're taking on all your past. And then you're wondering how this person on social media know your name, know your address, know where you live, know how you look. And they start looking like you and you you wondering why, how did they pop up on my social media? I don't know her, but she knows you because you are either in that orgy or you was in it and it's all linked together 
And this is what happens when you open that door. You're opening a door to a soul portal. This is why I encourage um, when I do counseling before people are getting ready, women are getting ready to get married. I do, I work with women and I work with men, but I do specific exercises because oftentimes right before someone's getting married, there is an ex or an ex person or or somebody might not even be the last person they were in a relation with, but it's always somebody that is still there that that the enemy likes to bring in into their marriage. And it's very important to make sure that that thing is clear and that you've made up your mind. This is why, you know, I always, always used to say, why do people have bachelorette parties? Why do you need a bachelorette party or a bachelor's party when you're about to get married? Why do you need that if you're getting ready to get married? Why do you because people want to go people want to go see and make sure they didn't they ain't leaving the they ain't making the right decision. You should already know if you're making the right decision. It's because there is still something there that you need to completely let go of. And so what happens is when you're still fornicating with people, this is a danger of it. Especially when you're getting ready to get married. That's why I, I encourage even if a couple been fornicating their whole relationship, I will encourage them when I start meeting with them at that specific time to refrain for a reason. I I I, I encourage them, even if it, I don't care if it's a month, that time you need to refrain so that you can make sure you can detox whatever it is that is there you can allow the Lord to have to detox and, and take and uh, break off whatever it is in your past because when you're still in fornication out of the will of God you're bringing and you're bringing all of that in with you you're bringing all of that in with you and to that marriage and then what happens is you're now fornicating all the way into that marriage. The day you fornicated every day up into the marriage. Now on the marriage, you got to deal with, you still in fornicate. You got to deal with what you just got out of. Now you got to deal with it in your marriage. It don't just leave. And you wondering why, uh, why you seeing Jessica in a dream. He ain't even with her no more, but you seeing it because you still attached. And you arguing with him because that's it's still there. So all of this is important. All of this is important. I'll, I'll get more into this in depth uh, on, another, on another podcast. Um, I'm going to be talking about singles and celibacy. I'm going to talk. I have a lot to discuss with you guys about this i know sex could be i mean i don't have a problem with talking about sex it's just for a lot of people it can be really sensitive i used to be like i'm gonna talk about that but it needs to be talked about fornication needs to be talked about and i realized that um so many people don't like to talk about it because they might be in sin I mean, everybody like has this whatever, you know, things that they deal with, but they might be experiencing in fornication at the moment. So usually when people <clears throat> are experiencing something at the moment, in the moment, they don't like to talk about it, but <clears throat> excuse me, you guys, <clears throat> I noticed that, um, I mean, that's what every, everybody, I mean, usually when I'm going through a trial, even if it's like something traumatic or something, I usually talk about it after it happens for the simple fact. But 
you know, everything could be good in your life one moment. Some a distraction might roll in, Lord forbid, and you have fornication tomorrow night after a one night stand. But what do you do after that? Do you just stay in it? <clears throat> you have to get back up. Because if you stay condemned, you're gonna be more prone to stay in your stay in what you're what you're going through versus coming out of it. <clears throat> so That's what I wanted to talk about for our for the beginning. Now I'm going to get into polygamy. I'm going to get into polygamy, sex work, and then human trafficking and sex trafficking and how this is dangerous and how this um, enables, how sex work really enables this addiction. So now you have, let's say you've been in sex, you've been having it every day, you've been... Um, you're kind of withdrawn. You haven't seen Bay in a while. And now you acting up. You starting arguments to get him to come back to your house. I used to do that, you know. <laughs> you starting all this stuff to get people to, you know, I need sex. I need sex. In your head, you're like, I'm frustrated. I'm sexually frustrated. And you want to see Bay. You haven't seen Bay in a while. You think he cheating. You know, for some of y'all, he is cheating. <laughs> but some of y'all, you know. He just chilling, doing his own thing. He got to work. And he trying to probably refrain and, and, and here you go. So, but I mean, but it's good to have, that's why we're going to get into self-control. It's important to have distance. I don't care, even if you're married, you know, yes, uh, marriage, y'all live it up. Well, so I'll say live it up, but it is still good to have time away. And then the Bible says you come back together. It's always, this. it's still good. You know, it's good to to like people like to say miss someone or or take that break because um I just want to I want I do want to share a story I think I shared it um I shared it in the past and um I don't know how this individual is um doing now but it was a story some years ago and um it was a marriage I actually had it was actually like three stories like this um testimonies of this but so what was getting married and they they um basically they had sex within their relationship and right before marriage they decided to stop having sex and two months before the wedding the guy cheated okay he cheated because he was he didn't have self-control he didn't have any self-control so you know he needed sex and he cheated and this is why it's important to have self-control and gain self-control how do you gain self-control we're going to talk about that but gaining self-control if every time you got to have sex you go have it you're not gaining self-control I'm not on this podcast to say you're not you're going to stop having sex you know I'm just encouraging you that I'm telling you guys the truth. I'm telling you what it does. I'm telling you the dangers of it, especially if you're in the kingdom, but the dangers of it for anybody, you know, for anybody, you know, and it's what happens with self-control. This is why people cheat, you know, people cheat also for self-control, but they cheat because they, everybody feels like there's something there. The grass is always green on the other side, you know, maybe they're in pressure or they feel like someone else has something else that they have, but this is also another reason why people go into polygamy you know well 
you do what you do and I'll do what I do. We'll do, we'll, we'll have, let's have multiple relationships. I don't want to, I don't want to keep you accountable. Being in a polygamous relationship is not going to make that person marry you. Being in a polygamous relationship is not, you know, you living with this person, you got a kid by this person, y'all shacking up, y'all living together. That's not going to make that person leave you because you let them be and do what they want. You're appeasing them. And a lot of, a lot of men and women, believe it or not, they don't like when they don't like when people let them do whatever they want to do. Some people, the people, a lot of people I've met value when they get corrected. They va- they don't they don't want a woman that's gonna let them do whatever they want to do. They don't want a woman that's gonna say okay, oh, okay. You want this? Okay, okay. No, every people don't like that. I don't. I can't stand it. I I can't. If you're a pushover. And every time, you know, I could be slapping you in the face and you telling me, okay, we can't be together. We cannot. Because you, at some point, you're going to have to tell me I need to change my attitude or you're going to leave. But we think that allowing people to walk over us, allowing ourselves to not have any boundaries, we think people are going to choose us and we're going to be happy. No, this is why a lot of you guys are struggling with depression and anxiety. Because you really, you really want to be loved. You really want to have love in your life, but you feel that doing it, that you got to go and give yourself all over the place. How many of us are just giving ourselves away, just throwing it away, giving it away? You can share, you can share your puzzle pieces and your train sets, but God ain't tell you you have to show your goodies to everybody. Polygamous relationships develop from insecurity. Insecurity. You're not secure in a, in a monogamous relationship. You're not secure. You don't. You're not securing your partner. You're not. You don't have. You know, faith or belief that this is the partner for you. You you want everything else. And most of the time it's because you're not happy or you might not feel like you're worthy for one person, or you might not feel like the person that you're with, you deserve that person. So this is why you do whatever you want to do. You know, I used to, um, when I really, when I loved someone, I would push them away. I'm just being authentic with you guys. I don't do that now, but I would push them away because I just could not stand it. I could not stand the fact that I had to love somebody. I didn't want to feel the the, the pain. I didn't want to feel all the stuff it had to come with love. You know, I'm not talking about toxic relationships now. You know, I remember we when I was 17, we had this, um, <laughs> we had this teacher. I was at Upper Bound. And uh, we had this teacher. He was married. I think he was probably in his thirties or forties. I think I was. I was seventeen. I remember. And and I was walking around grumbling. I was like, we would we would talk to him about our relationships. And I was in a relationship with this guy in high school. And I'd be like, love shouldn't hurt. <laughs> I'd be like, love shouldn't hurt. I mean, da, da, da. and I'd be grumbling, you know. And uh, he would say, he would say, um, no, love does hurt sometimes. 
it does. You know, me and my wife, we don't go through the good and bad. I was like, nah, nah, nah. I, don't, I was like, so blood, like, I was very bitter. I'm a, I love Shannara, I'm done with this. I'm done with this because me and my boyfriend was always breaking up and getting back together and breaking up, you know. And, um, but I was in, I was in a toxic uh, relationship. You know, it wasn't like he was cheating and all this other stuff on me. It wasn't no, like, I was breaking down at school. It was just bad. He was talking to other girls. Like, no, I, I didn't need to be going through all of that at no 17. You know, these he wasn't ready to get married. He wasn't going to marry me at no 17. You know, so I'm sitting here going through all of this stuff and, and trying to force a relationship. And, you know, he he telling me he don't love me. I'm saying I don't trust him. He come back eight months later telling me he loved me again. Yeah, I'm going through this. And I, I shouldn't be going through this. I'm 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 all wrinkled and stuff and 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 bitter and stuff and, and I'm I'm so young like that. You know? So I mean ten years, they've been ten years since then. I'm laughing at that situation because I'm like, what was I thinking? But anyway, um what I wanted to say was I was in just a lot of a lot of just a lot of toxic stuff you know but I realized that love when you love someone we always look at love as that love is gonna be good like oh you can't hurt me I love you you can't hurt me in love you know no that you're gonna be disappointed and I think about Jesus you know Jesus loved us God loves us he sent his son he sent Jesus he didn't want to watch Jesus, all those people hit and beat on Jesus like that. And then Jesus had to, you think, you think God was, was, was turning on, like was, was sitting in, in the sky. God didn't want to see Jesus. He didn't want to see him die like that he didn't want to he didn't want to see that but he had to go through that he had to see that I don't think he wanted to see that himself it was almost like him seeing himself being crucified him seeing himself being beaten and stabbed and betrayed and I don't think that he wanted to see that so sometimes in our life love doesn't feel good sometimes we have to do things and we have to do sacrifice but that doesn't mean that we're not going to feel pain but you have to know what is God calling you to versus what is toxic oftentimes we're in toxic situations we're with toxic people and we don't realize that we're having issues because we are in toxic situations so I want to talk about this specific guy I want to talk about this guy that I met. And so I really, really, really want to give a shout out to this guy because he he was one of the men that was in my life that actually did not compromise with me. And I'll talk about that. But he did not compromise with me. He, even though I was in this sin, even though I was going through these things, he allowed his spirit to lead him and so what happened was I had gotten to got with this guy and the and God um, basically showed me in the spirit that this was not my husband and so what happened was he was God was always doing that I would find myself getting into a relationship and the Lord revealed to me that this was not my husband that God had me in this arranged marriage even though I was upset about it 
I realized that the Lord was protecting me. So I remember meeting this guy and we talked, we talked about God all the time. But I noticed when we started having sex that I started, you know, I wasn't even reading my Bible as much. It got to the point where I was just, you know, we were arguing all the time. Everything was just, you know, going all over the place. And that's how I knew, you know, when I am in a situation where I am in sin, or I am in a situation for me, not not so much other people, but for me, things get shaken up in my life. Things start to happen. It's not saying like I've had other things that happened in my life where things started to get shake shake up. But I knew I know when there is warfare in my life because of something that I am in versus warfare in my life uh, because of an attack of the enemy. I know the difference, you know, and I take responsibility for both of those things. So in this specific situation, I was in a situation where God was calling me out of. And so it led me to go through a lot of things. But this guy, he saw that and he said, I remember I remember when he said, um, he said, I'm going to help you. You know, I'm going to help you. I know that you're going through this, but I'm going to help you. I'm not going to message you right now. I'm not going to talk to you right now. You know, I'm going to help you get through this. And it was so hard because I started to go through this um, sense of withdrawal. And I'll talk to you guys about that. So also as my podcast is going on, I'm so sorry that it might sound like it is, um, it is, uh, chopped up or you'll hear a pause. There's because, uh, there was someone knocking on my door. Um, I had to let them in. And then the other time I had to get a package, uh, because I had some baby stuff being delivered to my, um, place. So disregard that. So that's why you'll hear kind of the pause, um, of those things. So what happened with, with this specific person is, and what happened with me being in this, um, situation. And because I told you guys, I was going to be talking about, I was going to be talking about, um, withdrawal and, and, you know, sex work and all those different things. And what's happening is this, there was a segment that was completely lost. So it was just a lot of stuff going, a lot going on with the podcast. But anyway, we're still on track. So with this specific situation, I was talking to this guy and it got to the point where we were having sex. We were, it was, it was often, it it became from, it wasn't even one time a day. It became three, four times a day for a whole month, you know? And so I got to, uh, I got to a point where I was literally in withdrawal. You know, I realized that, Hey, this has become an addiction for me. Uh, this has become something that has been, uh, very, um, uh, this has become something that has been very, you know, unhealthy in my life. And so I'll talk a little bit, uh, later about that, but I really, um, I realized that God wasn't correcting me because he was angry at me. He was correcting me because he loved me and he was correcting me because he cared. Um, and even though sometimes we don't realize what God is doing in my specific life, I definitely thank God for correcting me and chastising me in certain areas of my life and, uh, teaching me, uh, by consequence, you know, because if I wouldn't have learned certain things from consequence, I would not have grown in certain areas of my life. And so a lot of us are going through a lot of situations where we don't have accountability. You know, people are telling us, hey, this is okay. This is okay. I think it's okay to sway this way. And for some people, you need to, somebody needs to just tell you you're moving too fast. Somebody needs to just tell you that relationship is unhealthy. Someone needs to just tell you like, hey, you need to like slow down, you know? And so 
oftentimes we don't have anyone to tell us that we don't have anyone to be make us accountable usually when people are coming in your life they're coming in your life they want casual oh you know we during casual this casual that and if you're not if you're not casual with them they're upset if you're not doing what they want you to do they're upset you know they're upset about it and so usually people we're we're influencing our friends hey girl go do this hey just go on tinder hey go do this hey you need to have sex with multiple people or i'm gonna be with you if you don't have sex with multiple people i'm not gonna be with you i've had people tell me i've had men tell me if i did not have i remember if i if you don't go with someone else i'm not gonna talk to you anymore i mean threaten me uh just so that i can live this type of lifestyle and that's not what i wanted you know that's not what i wanted and i had to literally tell this person no and cut them off because because of that mindset that they had you know so there's some people that you might have to cut off there's going to be some people that you might have to cut off and they're not giving you accountability you know i remember this um this uh in another situation this is why i'm talking about uh the sex work and all these and all this different stuff in another situation um you know, I would, I it got to the point where I remember I was in this car with this guy and he got, he got, he got mad at me and literally stopped the car and told me to get out. And, um, it was crazy. You know, we were talking and he said, you know, you should be, um, you should be out there, you know, sucking somebody for money. You know, I don't know why you're doing, and it just flips, completely flips. We were driving in a car. He started screaming at me, um, switched, screamed at me, uh, stopped the car, you know, threatened me. And I, I got up the car, didn't know where to go. You know, that I had gotten a situation like that. And so God was showing me, God started showing me dreams that this guy was, uh, was actually into, polygamous relationships he was into like uh, you know pimping and all this other stuff so not realizing I was uh, put throwing myself into this type of you know meeting these type of men these men were attracted to me and my lifestyle now was I living a risky life where I was just um doing all over doing stuff all over the place no I was not I was actually not living that life but because of me being into in, in this life, me being in fornication, you know, me opening the door to that, my, my mom, you know, my dad being in that, being in that, being their past, the enemy knows exactly what to do, exactly what to, to the person to bring in your life, exactly the opportunity to use, uh, to, to keep you trapped up and to keep you slipped up. And so, I shared this story because so many people like you're walking around, you don't know that you're just giving yourself to everybody. You're doing everything because you think it's cool. You know, you're you're uh, you're posting that you didn't slept with somebody or somebody or somebody, you know, we're sitting online posting, oh, you know, I I use my vibrator today or or I did this today and there's no accountability. You know, there's no accountability. And a lot of you guys are doing it because you think it's cool. You think because this other guy or whoever's in your life is saying, you know, I want somebody that's open. I want a wife that's open. I want to have a fun wife or I want someone to be a polygamist with me. And you're compromising and you're that's what you're doing. You know, and if you want to be toxic, if you want to do that, that's fine. But it's not going to end good. It's not going to end well, you know, for you. I've had men mad and walked out of my life because I told them I wouldn't, I was not being in no polygamous relationship. I'm sorry. And they was, they were upset and they tried to convince me and I said no. And so because I have a standard, there's people that's going to be angry because I have a standard. There's people not going to like you because you have a standard. There's people that's going to get angry and say, well, you're too boring because you have a standard. 
They're going to do that because you have a standard. But this standard is going to protect you. It's going to keep you out of toxic relationships. These people are not going to be with you. They're not going to commit with you. They're going to have you on the street. And eventually they're going to throw you into into in a prostitution and, and all this other stuff. You know, most of these hate crimes and these porn crimes happen because people... Um, what happens is women are giving themselves away they're ang- the, the guys are angry so then they try to blast them they try to blast them they try to blast those pictures I've I went through that men have threatened to put my pictures online all kind of stuff so I one guy probably did it you know it was a situation where the Lord was revealing me to me some things and he probably did I don't know what happened but it was a lot of things so I was in situations where, you know, I was in a relationship with, with a guy, you know, sending him things, doing things, having fun. But what happens when you have fun? You might not be a type of person. You might not have put that video online. You might have not have put that picture online, but somebody else is going to go try to do it because they're angry at you and they're trying to get back at you. But this is what happens when we put ourselves in situations. It's a risk. You can't trust people. You don't know if people have your best interests. And so what I'm saying is, is you got to get around people that you are going to you're going to you got to keep get around people that's going to keep you accountable you have to be around people that's going to say hey you know what i'm going to help you i'm going to help you in this situation i'm not gonna i'm not gonna um we're not gonna do this we're gonna we're gonna wait you know i needed people in my life that was going to tell me we're going to wait i give a like i when i have someone in my life when I have some someone in my life that is going to come, that is going to tell me and be kind of accountable. Yeah, we're not going to do this today. We're not going to do this. This is this is the type of person that I need in my life. These are the type of people that I want in my life, and these are the type of people that I want to be around. People that are going to keep me accountable. People are going to tell me, you know, girl, like you you've been kind of, you know, you no, I don't think that's the way you should go. Because believe it or not, everyone is looking for that. Everyone is looking for that person to say, you know what. I don't think you should have went that way or maybe you should go another way you know people everyone is looking for somebody like that whether they want to say it or not you know so find somebody that you can uh that you can can um see that as same thing what I was talking about earlier about the guy So yes, I basically give a shout out to this guy because he definitely helped me understood what I was trying to do and he helped me to get past that and through that. So I definitely give a shout out to him for sure. So what happened during that time? I remember sitting on my bed and we were texting and the Lord basically he was texting me. He was like, hey, you know, I can't see you anymore. I'm not going to meet up with you anymore. And then in my spirit, I was getting ready to say, "Uh uh-uh, this is the devil. And God was like, no, this is me. And God spoke to me really boldly. He was like, no, this is me. And um, I just started listening to what he had to say through the text message. And one thing he said, he said, the rides that I've been giving you were devilish you the enemy knows that you um 
you meet people on the bus during your transit route you minister to them you meet them and um you know and at this time you guys I was evangelizing that was at that time and um he was like you know you meet them you preach to them and this is just a distraction I'm a distraction in your life I pick you up you don't ride the bus I take you everywhere and this is how the enemy is getting me to distract you and he just basically that he he exposed himself you know he exposed himself and that's why I saw that snake in that time because God was showing me that this was a distraction in my life not necessarily saying that he was a snake or he was a bad person but his influence in my life and my basically that influence of fornication was around me and in my life and so um yeah he after that day he did never came back um we never I never saw him again um after that well I did I saw him maybe four years later I saw him again but around that time no I didn't see him again um at all and so what happened was during that time I ended up um I was actually celibate um abstinent I was, I was abstinent for 10 months. Um, during that 10 months, probably like the last month of those 10 months, I ended up falling into watching pornography. Um, and I stopped. And uh, this guy, try, another guy tried to come back in my life, but I kind of declined at that time. I, You know, I went, usually when I'm going in, in that direction or, um, you know, I remember after I watched the pornography, uh, God revealed it to me that it was if I didn't stop it was going to become like more I was going to continue to watch it was going to become an addiction so I stopped and I didn't watch it after that um, I didn't really struggle with that um, again after that and um, I ended up prior to I went like 10 months and then I met this guy um who was a bit older than he's probably like yeah he's a lot older than me um I wanted to in this situation like I told him I wanted to meet in person but he made a way for me to meet in person and um this is kind of this story I kind of talked about uh where I was talking to this older guy we ended up getting a sexual experience after uh months of me not having sex and um I really don't want to get into the the whole situation, but it got into it got into a point where I told him to stop, and he actually did not stop. And uh, until I actually had to tell him, you know, that he was raping me, and then that's when he stopped. You know, so that was kind of a situation that happened with me when I was like maybe 21. Um, the guy was like 28 at the time, and. Uh, I really didn't talk about it after that. There is a song that comes on that I cannot listen to. <laughs> It'll come on, but it's, um, you know, I probably won't, like, play it as much. But, yeah, that ended up happening um, to me. And, yeah, I, after that, I kind of just really just uh, abstained, you know, from sex. But um, it was always usually a distraction kind of popping up every year for me that's what usually what happened with me and so this was something that the enemy would use um to throw me off track you know get me to fall into that because he knew that 
it would depress me. It would put me in a dangerous situation. Or it would open a door um, to a lot of other things. And I can go on and on about this situation, about what it did in my life. I mean, it's open witchcraft uh, to come into my life. Men, you know, doing uh, dark, uh, dark magic, trying to get me to be bound to them. I mean, all kind of stuff that I can go into, but I really want to get into now into the, um, sex work and what is sex work and what sex work looks like. What sex work looks like to me in society now is, um, I mean, it's all over. They have sex work and it's not just women selling themselves on the street. I mean, now women are having sex with men to get bills paid in their apartments. Um, they only fans they're making only fans account if you have an only fans account and you're posting nudes and you're posting like butt modeling pics or different things like that and you're allowing people to pay for your subscription that's sex work um on twitter if you have a premium account and you're masturbating or doing things like that on um instagram whatever you are that's sex work and that's prostitution escorting is prostitution um even if you're like um cam like if you're a cam girl you know you're that's sex work especially if you're on there and men are paying and giving you tips it's sex work um and also something that a lot of people don't really mention is um Masturbation. Masturbation is still sex. We don't like to mention masturbation. And I remember uh, during that time when I was actually not having sex for 10 months, someone told me that sex was not, uh, masturbation was not in the Bible and that it was okay. And I, in my spirit, I knew that it was not okay. You know, I knew that masturbation was something that was not okay. And a lot of us, whether you're masturbating you're using a vibrator whatever you're using it's still masturbation and it's still the same as uh, fornication because it's not it's not that you're you don't need to naturally you don't need to have sexual intercourse with someone to be sinning against God and sinning against your own self and so that's what's happening um and when you're masturbating people don't talk about it but you're still thinking of something you're thinking about a sexual experience you're thinking about a person so you are still sinning and so it it is still still the same thing uh pole dancing how I feel about pole dancing this is something that is very controversial um in the world today and a lot of people want to kind of sugarcoat what pole dancing is and make it look like it's supposed to be glamorized or that it's 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 some you know good or whatever you know or I'm not I don't even want to say good but people want to make it seem like like it's not a part of the sex work community and it is uh stripping is sex work it's prostitution in my in my eyes that's how I feel um and it's it's sex work because you're you're selling your your um your body and that's what you're doing and you're doing it as a form of lust of any sort um pole dancing how i feel about pole dancing like pole dancing for me um how i feel about it a lot of people do it for fitness 
Um, I understand that. Like, I understand, like, it's a fitness thing. But there's, I feel like, you know, there's so many ways to do fitness without, like, you know, pole dancing. I do feel like there is this little thing. It's not a pole. It's, like, this little um, scrunchy, I think, thing. But it's, like, aerial. I, I did aerial training. So I do understand, like, the thrill of wanting to, like swing on something you know or like fly I get that I get that people have that thrill um I used to do aerial uh silk you know I trained in aerial silk so I I know about that and you know that's really fun um and you know gymnastics or different things like that so I that's really fun so but with the pole you know I remember I told uh I don't know if I talked about it but I worked at a studio and um years ago and the owner was turning the studio into like a pole thing and I just I would she wanted me to like work at this party or something the bachelorette like a pole thing they were having and I said I literally said like I said no I couldn't do it um I just I was very grieved at that time you know so she turned it into like a pole studio I think eventually I don't know like what's going on now but um like the whole strip club scene and all this stuff it was just grieving my spirit you know like I was a ballet instructor like I teach performing arts I don't look at pole dancing as dancing I don't feel like it's an art um I feel like it can be turned into like an art maybe like uh I don't classify like swinging on something as an art you know like they have choreography and things like that but I don't classify it as like a um it's an entertainment but I don't look at it as like a performing art you know, uh, I just feel like there's so much training that a lot of people go through and, you know, twerking and pole dancing. I don't look at it as like an art, like burlesque. I, I talked to you guys a little bit about that. Like I used to do, you know, burlesque, like during that time, like seductive dancing, um, in college, you know, when I used to perform, there's dancing where I used to, I always did like ballet, contemporary, you know, jazz, but I was in a dance company and we did, you know, dances where I gave a guy a lap dance in the crowd, you know, like I was crazy, like stuff like that. <laughs> so I I don't know. I was in the front of, we did a slow dance by Carrie Hilson and I literally gave this, pulled this guy out of the crowd and started dancing on him and gave him a lap dance. Like, I don't know what the heck I was thinking, but that was me in that time. And I was, that was my part of the dance. And I was like, oh, I'll do it. And I did it, you know? So, uh, it was wild. So, I mean, I've, I would do, for, I would go to all the Halloween dances. We won, um, Halloween and dance competition. Me and my sister used to dance together. We had a dance team and our choreography was very like, um, exciting. We danced with pajamas. We danced with props. We, I mean, we had a lot of, like, we used to, we danced to Britney Spears. We used to listen to, like, a lot of, like, upbeat, you know, seductive music. Um, so, yeah, that's just how we would dance as teenagers, and we really didn't see. <laughs> it was, you know, we were young, you know. And so I didn't really see anything wrong with it until, like, I look back. I'm like, I can't believe we did that split in slow motion. You know, there's conversation we talk about. I'm like, I can't believe I did that. And so, yeah, so it's not saying, um, I was not afraid. I was very shy, but dancing really brought out my, um, 
it really brought me out of a shyness, you know? And so still now, like, I'm not afraid to speak anything or do anything. Like I said before on, even on, um, social media, you know, people think, uh, freedom is, um, they think freedom is doing all of this stuff. Like, no, that's not what freedom is. You know, freedom is living out of everyone's expectations. That's true. But it's also, it's also still living like, um, living out of everyone's expectations, but also not living in bondage to yourself, you know? And so, yeah, if you look, I would suggest if you guys, there's so many books out now living, uh, live free, living free. There's so many books out now about freedom and, um, all that stuff so I mean from other people's perspective so if you want to get another perspective on just that you know check out um check out those uh I mean I'm pretty they have books out now so many books out now from uh great pastors and different things like that so check that out if you ever have the the um the time I mean there's so many things that you guys can check out just from hearing their stories and how they had to break out of other people's expectations you know walking in walking in freedom you know walking in true spiritual freedom that's so important you know my book coming out is uh, similar to that and there's so many other books you know about walking like because because so many times we care about what other people think and right now I'm talking about really living um walking in a freedom that God has given you and not walking in a freedom of something that you were influenced by in your past and you're just walking in it you know you're just walking in this lifestyle of bondage you know and that that's kind of what I feel like I was I was in you know it's not about how you dress it's not about any of that it's just my mentality and what I had went through in my childhood and in those years really put on a lot of debris and on my life, you know, it, it, and even though I, um, got delivered from many things, there was still things that I had to break off of my life, you know, and, and that's very important. It's very important to everybody to choose what's good, you know, what works for them. I'm not saying that I don't like, I'm not saying a person who, does pole dancing is um a sex worker I'm not saying that but like me personally like you know I I will do aerials I will do all those different things but I'm not gonna just like you know because of the because of the the connotation of a pole is affiliated with like stripping I'm not gonna do it you know I'm not gonna do that and so you know, you have a lot of people say, well, you have to give credit. Pole dancers should give credit to sex workers and everything like that. Well, that's basically what they're doing. A lot of people do pole dancing. They do that to sell themselves. So I cannot like, I can't like, you know, hop on a pole and then be an advocate against, you know, sex work. Like I, I you got to choose, <laughs> you know, I have to choose a side. You can't just be doing all that. But I have seen um, dancers online, like they'll throw on a little outfit, you know, and they'll do different things. And I've seen testimonies of like ex-sex workers, like starting to teach 
pole dance for like fitness and dance and so I feel like that's a way out like I feel like that's a good route out of you know sex work for some people which I think is you know very um that they turned like instead of stripping they started teaching pole and started making money from like teaching pole so I, I feel like that's a positive thing you know I think that's a good thing in my opinion that they have they went and navigated and found another way now am I judging people that are in sex work now no I'm not I'm not actually judging them do I feel that sex work is something easy or that's it's like fast money and that I feel like they have they can do something else with their lives yes I do I feel like they have the potential I feel like a lot of people that are in sex work prostitution I feel like that they really have the desire to start businesses that they that when I see them I'm like okay you know this is a business woman woman this person can transform their life but I feel like because sex work is so easy or it's like people say oh well how is it easy it's not easy to go have sex with somebody well you're choosing to put down your self-esteem to do it no one's telling you to do it I feel like it's it's an easy way out for some people. Now, I understand people that had to choose and get on the street and they don't have anything to do, they don't have any money. Uh, I understand that. That's the only way. You know, my mom did sex work. If, if I didn't tell you guys before, my mom, um, she struggled a lot with a lot of things in her life. She was sexually abused as a child. She ran away, got into uh, prostitution, um, ran away 16 um got into a bad relationship that with the pimp you know um and and stayed in you know back and forth with this person uh I would not be alive today if it wasn't for that so I'm not talking down on it um but yeah my mom was was uh you know she didn't make some of the right best choices but she was very wise you know and she taught us a lot of things um and you know she died really early she got murdered at 31 years old um but she taught me so many life lessons and even though she was going in many routes in other directions she I knew that it was because of not having the right intervention she needed uh when she should have gotten it you know so I feel like when I see people promoting sex work or I mean I definitely support that sex workers should be they should be protected. I don't think that they should be getting killed. I don't think any of that. But I also believe that there should be counseling sessions and that there should be intervention for women who really need a way out of this because I don't think all women want to be in this. I also feel like that they have been groomed and I feel like that some of them are brainwashed. And because they've been groomed for so long, this is a normal for them. Many women are actually scared to come out of this because of their pimps, um, or pimps can be men and women, you know, so I'm not, you know, discriminating against that. And sex workers are not all just women. There are men that are in sex work. There are uh, women, there are uh, escorts and everything like that. So a lot of people um, also do sex work to maintain a lifestyle. Many people that live in high-rise apartments, you know, really expensive living, fancy living, they're used to this lifestyle, so they feel that sex work can get them this lifestyle so many of them go into it um because of influence of of friends there's been many women that have been sold into sex work from friends have set them up and sold them into sex work uh, and got paid off from the pimp so there's so many um there's so many 
aspects of this and you know you see it online it's just open and, and you know so many have this uh, liberal mentality and I'm not judging liberals as for a political you know way of like believing um, regarding politics but like the mentality of you know live do this do that do this no consequence you know do this like I feel like people should people should be able to live a free life you know I do believe that and but I'm saying that there were certain things that I still had to be accountable for you know I noticed that when like people like for instance sex you know oh let's do whatever you want have multiple partners but what happens when you get pregnant you know birth control is not going to protect you from a pregnancy that's a lie so many have gotten pregnant from birth control literally the patch all of this so people have gotten uh pregnant from that so birth control does not uh protect you from pregnancy i've heard stories before it doesn't you know uh people with PCOS just because you have PCOS doesn't mean you can't get pregnant there are people with PCOS that have gotten pregnant you know um so yeah so much stuff of of all this stuff so what happens is a lot of people they they have sex casually they meet people randomly and then what happens is to get rid of it they want to get plan b or they want to go get an abortion and then this is where you have the planned parenthood movement you know where everybody wants to your right your 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 body your right I mean, I understand for people who have gotten raped against their will or people who, who, um, you know, and all that stuff, but you still should be able to take accountability as a woman, you know, Hey, am I just doing this? Am I living just this risky free life? Um, like just, I'm just living off the edge and now I want to get rid of a child or now I want to, you know, terminate a child. Like you have to take a responsibility at some point. Um, you know, when I got pregnant, I found out during a Juilliard audition. Like, I had a call back in New York. I was in New York, you know, and I had a choice. And God told me, I had saw myself already. Um, it was, I saw, of course, I saw prophetically getting into the school. And then I also saw me being pregnant. I saw it all at the same time. But before the audition, I had already made a choice. I had a choice. I had a choice to, and that's something that I don't blame anyone for. I don't blame anyone for getting pregnant you know I never did but God already had showed me that path if I continued to fornicate I would have got pregnant I had an, a very important audition up ahead and so sometimes we make decisions we do things that we make decisions we have decisions and so I feel like as women we should take men and women we should take accountability for what we do we shouldn't just scream and say okay no 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 this is why this is this this is that no we should take accountability the same thing with um, I'm going to go into um, sexual assault and the sexual assault and sex work. Like sex work, they also, you know, um, sex work in nail shops and um, massage parlors. I experienced um, a massage parlor that they were actually doing sex work in. I know that they were doing sex work in here because of the way that they were years ago. Um, at that time, I really was trying to figure out like what was going on, but I remember getting a massage and the woman jumped on my back. She, I have never, I always would get massages. Like that's, I still get massages, but I got a professional massage and she, she was massaging me and she jumped on my back. Like I've never seen that in my life. I've never experienced that. And it kind of freaked me out, but she jumped on my back to massage me. 
and when she jumped on my back she was like swinging her hair and stuff and she and I was like ma'am you know are you okay and she was like oh I said no ma'am I don't I don't are you okay like she was trying to basically ask me if I wanted services I don't know where it came from but now the Lord revealed to me that it was like a muscle memory from the trauma that she like this woman was giving men favors you know in this specific place like she was doing sex work and um she was she was giving them favors and this was you can tell because look how she treated me like she thought that I wanted services so they put me in this room and um and I think the massages was like 30 and like 60 so I think I paid for like an hour you know so I don't know if the men that would come in but it was a lot of men that would come in they would it was like Caucasian men men that would come in and you know go back to the rooms and um yeah it was a lot so they had in one of the rooms that I went in they had a shower in the room and I was very confused why they had a shower in the room but it was so much like oil on my body you know and um so much like oil on my body and she was like okay you know uh, get out, get out, you can get out and shower, you know, you can go shower, and there's a shower, so I, like, took a shower to, like, take the oil, like, off of my body, but it was, like, so much, um, oil, you know, on my body, and so the Lord revealed to me, like, these men were coming in there to have sex with these, these women, you know, and they would take a shower, and they would go back home to their wives, or wherever they was going, that's what they would do, um, and, you know, but I, but I, I knew that, like when I went again I remember going again because keep in mind I'm like young I'm not knowing what's going on but when I went again um when I walked in the women were um everybody like jumped up as if they were scared you know I had on all black and they just like jumped up as if they were like scared or startled and I was like uh is everything okay and I was like yeah so I remember uh they put me in another room because see the first time I was like 19 so I really didn't understand that this was this was going on like I just thought the woman was you know some she was going out of her head or something or maybe that was like what she was I just didn't get it so the next time I got a massage the room did not have a um it didn't have a um, shower uh but I remember going in there and I started asking this other woman questions and she actually admitted that she had that she had dipped in her country she said that she was married she said that she had dipped in her country and this is and she basically was doing sex work you know and so that's what she was doing so she basically kind of admitted that she had she said that she had dipped that's what she said so she was like she does this as for like to pay her debt and so they were there was some type of trafficking probably thing probably going on in that time which I was still trying to learn you know I was learning a lot about a lot of stuff so this was the same place so I noticed that it was a lot of women um there was a lot of women that was a lot of men coming in and out there was a lot of women so a few years um later because because keep in mind I lived like around this place for a while so I remember um going in it was completely different um almost like they had cleaned out everything and um I remember the woman was at the front desk and I didn't go I didn't get any services um but I think I walked in there I think I needed to get like change or something I don't know what it was but it was completely different and the woman was like 
she was very like defensive with me like trying to wonder like why I was coming in there it was only like uh two chairs in there you know it wasn't it was like very skeptical you know and they were like okay if you're gonna come here you have to have like appointment only and I remember sitting down and there was something on the shelf but while I wasn't looking the woman like took it off of the shelf and like put it down I don't know if it was like condoms or something up there but whatever it was she like hit she was trying to hide something you know I could tell they was trying to hide something so this was the same place you know so it was just a lot of um it was a lot of um there was a lot of things going on you know like a lot of things going on and uh just just a lot of stuff you know a lot of stuff and sex work and stuff because people come from other um they come from other countries or other places and they they have to do this because they have depth you know I was looking at a documentary you know people women from um I think they came from Nigerian or Nigeria I don't know if they was Nigerian or something but they were like selling them to in, in places in England you know selling that they had to prostitute to pay off debt so you really don't know what people are doing and family debt or different things that they have and what they're doing so that's why a lot of people do things so how I feel about this and different things is sex addiction a lot of people struggle with sex addiction you know they haven't gained self-control they go through things and why a lot of men pay for sex is because they have went from they have a porn addictions you know they have sex addictions and so they pay for sex because they maybe they are not getting it enough maybe they are they don't have enough sources to get the sex from they need you know more than one source so they need it more than one time a week so they're paying these uh, places and all these different things these tinder and prostitutes for sex because they need they need sex more more than one maybe they or watching things on uh you know these porn websites and they're watching these fantasies that they want and so they go to these shops and they pay to get them done you know that's why that porn and stuff really opens the door to all this other stuff so a lot of people have addictions and you know when you have addictions it makes you do crazy stuff you know so one thing I want to say for women or men if you're in sex work is to take accountability you know take accountability if you are don't just say you know even even how it opens the door to other stuff it opens the door to danger just like I said uh fornication opens the door to spiritual danger this type of lifestyle opens the door to danger you know like when I see women online even um it's not telling people how they dress like you can dress how you want to dress I I I I tell people like what you put online like you the whole world is going to see it you know the whole world is going to see it just because you dress half naked or you know however you dress doesn't give permission for a man to touch you like I've been I got sexually assaulted twice on the metro bus and I had on sweats I was coming from the gym and these these two men two random black men out of nowhere uh one man rubbed my leg got off the bus I was in shock the other man did the same thing on a whole nother bus I was coming from the gym I didn't even I hadn't went to the gym since you know I probably went to well I went to the gym over here uh where I'm at and I started back but I have everything in my home you know uh because of the pandemic but um yeah I, I didn't get another I haven't had another gym membership since you know 
and I'm not afraid of it I just you know I have everything here now but it didn't give it doesn't give them permission to touch you because you dress a certain way but you still have the kind of accountability and knowing that these some men and women are battling temptations you know they're already battling temptations so if you're online like it was a situation um I I believe I already told that story but this I told the story of this woman on social media she posted a new pic uh, of herself she was completely naked the guy in her comment section knew where she lived and came to her place raped her she said he raped her I don't know what happened but she posted the same day it said she just got raped you know and so we're out uh, we're out naked you know uh, walking around by the window and you know I have to tell myself this because at, when I'm at home I walk around with sometimes with shorts or a towel and I have to keep my blinds closed that's important for me because you just don't know who's down there looking you don't know you don't know what people are watching you uh, you don't know who knows where you you live somebody tried to get into the last apartment uh, bust into there I didn't know the person but they were on the phone with somebody somebody knew where I was or I lived and they were asking the person on the phone, is this the place? And the person was saying yes. So this person kept trying to beating on the door, trying to get in. And see, I had already had a dream prior to it. I didn't know this person. But some someone who was watching me knew who the person knew the person and they were trying to get in. You know, so it's just being accountable. You know, what you post and your intention. Like you're posting for attention. You're, you know, we know you cute we know you know you fine that's fine but like if you're in a situation where you know like that people are watching you you know what I mean and your intention is to do you want you have to ask yourself I have to ask this myself this too like do I want men to want me lust me do I want them to lust me or do I want them to love me like how do I want them to uh perceive me you know because I remember my first Instagram account, I had men in my, I remember putting like a to be honest post and men were saying that they wanted to if, you know, if me, that's what they were sending me in the DMs. And I was so irritated. Like I, I, I was like, this not, this ain't cool. Most women be saying, they'll think that that's cool. Like, oh, he want to if me, you know, he want to be with me. Oh, you, I got your man. Nah, nah, nah. No, it's ain't nothing cute about that. It's not, you know? So I remember telling God, I said, I remember praying and this was when I was 19. I started, I started praying, you know, for my husband and I said, Lord, um, I, uh, Lord, I want, um, I'm praying like, I don't want men to lust me. I want men to like, I want a husband. I want you to uh, please send me my husband. I remember praying for that when I was 19 and the Lord said, I'm going to do my part and you do your part. And so he told me, he said, if you don't want men to lust you, you do your part. Because right now, you're looking like a lust bucket. You know, that's what I used to call it, a lust bucket. This is what you're looking like. You are, when men look at you, that's the first thing. They go straight to your boobs, you know. And it's not your fault that, now you have to ask yourself, hey, is this a part of my doing? Or is this just what they're looking at because this is what this they sick? You know, they just looking at this because they're going to look anyway. But I told the Lord, I said, God, I want, I still want to be attractive. You know, I'm still going to, I still, of course, I still want to look like a woman. I still want to be attractive. But I want when men look at me, I don't want them to look me in the eyes and have lust in their eyes. I would meet like random people in the grocery store. 
and I'll be checking out, and they would look, and the men would just be like a falling over. You know, you could tell they almost like went into a trance. And it wasn't because, it wasn't because they was like, yeah, they thought I was beautiful, but it was something in my spirit and the lust that they were almost bewitched, you know, and enchanted by. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, now men look at me and I say, oh, you, you're so beautiful now, you know, but it's not the same thing that it was then. You know, it wasn't a lust. And I admit that. I admit that I had a lust. There was a lust there. You know, and I had to, God had to reveal to me that there was a lust there. And I said, okay, Lord, how can I, do I get rid of this lust that I have? You know, and I fasted and I prayed and I did the work. You know, I didn't just like pop up. No, I, I, it was, and it's still, I still have to fast. I still have to pray. That's very important. It's a part of my life. And I'm very aware, you know, and I know that like you can be, um, like I have, I have men, uh, men in my life, you know, I have women in my life. I have men in my life and it's very important. Um, you know, people, you can be very charming. Some women, you have very charming personalities, uh, very, very charming personality. I do have a charming personality. Um, and, um, it's very important that when I'm uh, speaking to men, you know, I'm, I'm speaking to them directly. If, if it's a man and he is married, I will speak, it's going to be him and his wife together. You know, I make sure I'm speaking to both of them together and I'm giving both of them eye contact. I'm not just giving the man, I'm giving the man and the woman eye contact. You know, I'm very, when I give eye contact is, it means that, um, I am, um, in the conversation, you know, um, I don't, I don't try to be giving men too much eye contact. I don't, (laughs) you know, but I, I'm, I have a boundary, you know, I have a, I have, I have a boundary when it comes to that. So yeah, you women, it's very important that we take responsibility, you know, take responsibility. Don't just be the type to be like, Oh, you know, uh, teach your, uh, let us, let us, uh, throw on and let us show our butt half naked and let us twerk online and you need yo no he needs to hold it he needs to keep his um his thing in his pants yes he does he absolutely does but when something happens to you and you in a situation and you just some 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 of y'all just in risky lifestyles i'm gonna just say you just you want to be everywhere you you think you you looking like this and you want to be everywhere everywhere with everybody while they drunk you know, especially when you're drinking. When you're drinking, you got to be really careful. When you're drinking and you at the club and you looking cute and your dress so short that your thong showing under your dress and you drink around somebody who's drinking and they, you know, you don't know what's going to happen to you. You're not with no friends. You don't know what's going to happen to you and you're doing whatever you're doing. And after the party, you don't know where you at, you know? And you got to take accountability. If you, it's not, it's not people telling you don't live your risky lifestyle. Cause a lot of y'all don't want to hear, you don't want to hear nothing from nobody. You don't want nobody to tell you the truth, but it's going to put you in a lifestyle of danger. You know, it's going to. And I, and, and I, I was in, I wasn't, even when I was changing, that's important. Even when, I mean, I had sweats on and I was in danger cause, cause men was just nasty. Some of them, not all of them. I'm not speaking for every every man. Every man is not a dog. Because the women, this this woman, I'm never gonna forget this woman who identified herself was homosexual. I remember being on the bus and I was so violated. She she looked at me up and down the whole time and she sat on the back of the bus. And this woman told me she literally told me that she would eat me out 
this was a woman who was into woman told me she would eat me out and she licked her tongue at me and looked at me and slurped the whole time on the metro bus and i was so violated it was like harassment and i was so violated and this was a woman so it's not just men this was a woman you know and i saw this woman again and i was talking to a guy he was my friend and she came and sat by me and said i would i would eat you out can you imagine a woman coming to you and telling you that and you're not in the woman you just randomly minding your own business and they just look at you and and they do that to you it, yeah, it was completely disgusting you know and i'm not te- i'm not saying like look people going to do what they want to do but and at that time i wasn't messing with nobody i wouldn't even dress half naked even if you even if you dress have naked people don't have the right to touch you they don't they don't have the right to touch you but it's like me i'm sitting up here you know some something something that i can't stand is when people online they be oh don't look you can look but don't touch that quote just it drives me crazy because it's like okay if they do touch you then you're gonna be over there screaming you know which they should not touch you but why post something like that you know why post something like that? You are you you're tr- you're uh, you're trying to attract people uh, to your body. You're trying to do this. You like when I see people, you know they just want to look cute. They got their stomach showing. You know they got their little jeans or they got a swimsuit on or something like that. Yeah, but then you got certain people. You you gotta every every post you gotta post you gotta post your butt cheeks to to sell. You know, because you you trying to sell your clothes, so you got to show your butt, because that's the only way you're gonna sell this item if you post half naked. That should sell. That should tell you something. Some people, they ain't. They would not have all. They would not have no followers or nothing if they did not post half naked pics. The same thing with these these models that's calling themselves. Some people calling themselves fitness models on Instagram. Y'all still selling yourself. Every post is a naked bikini or thong, and we talking about body positivity and you twerking so you can get your post up. That's that's not no you not you you showing you you can show body positivity without doing all that. No, you're trying to do something else. You either want um attention for some specific reason, so you have to just take accountability and just say what it is. You know, do you want sex? Are you looking for a boyfriend? Are you looking for a partner? Are you single and you're tired of waiting? Take accountability. You know, there's there's women that have posed in and uh you know, you see mag you see magazines, they pose in, you know, lingerie or swimsuits, but they don't have a lust about it. they still look cute. Yeah, they look they look cute, but you see I've seen women, you know, hoodies and nothing on and they look so not they look nice, they have sex appeal. You know, but they don't have to do all that other stuff. You can do if you're a, if you're a model, okay. If you're a model, if you're a lingerie model, if you're like you know, because uh, lingerie for lingerie models, you Calvin Klein, you gotta wear that stuff. This is how this is your this is your job. You know, I understand that. That's your job. You know, but there's models that you could tell they you know women they marry they they lingerie models they look nice that's what they do for a living you know but they're not you can tell this their job you know you could tell this is their job but you know making an excuse and you all you you just making an excuse to post your your thong and your bikini online and every time you every time oh dude you know he not talking to you or he talking to the other girl again again 
you gotta post a picture of your butt or you gotta post you doing some slow motion stuff so you can get his attention again you're not really happy you know so don't tell me just posting all naked you you free because a lot of y'all not free you have to ask yourself why are you doing this take accountability putting yourself in certain situations will will enact date will bring danger into your life it will bring danger into your life. If you are somebody that and you don't want to hear this and you just want to live, you want to just be, live a risky is what I'm saying. All these partners, you, you walking around, you got all this stuff and you think nothing going to happen to you. You putting yourself in a lot of danger. You putting yourself in danger. Don't throw, if you know, it, it's, it's having wisdom. It's having wisdom. If you know that you're doing something, I had to take accountability for my life. I had to say, okay, you know what? I'm in this situation. I ain't do nothing to be in this situation. People just, this is targeting me. Um, but when, I, when I'm in certain situations and I'm in bad company, you know, and I'm, I'm putting myself, you know, so I had to, God had to really give me wisdom you know, give me wisdom. Yeah, when you know, when I'm at home, like I, I don't, I'm very, I'm, I just dress whatever. Like I don't, and, and for some of y'all, y'all probably like I don't like wearing clothes. I don't like wearing clothes either, but I know I have to wear it when I go out. You know, me being a performing artist, there's times where I have a leotard on or, or my skirt, and this so I can move my clothes. It's like that. I have one one side of my clothes coats. I have. um leotards I have uh all kind of I got all kind of stuff you know I have stuff if it's a if it's a date night I got an outfit for it I got everything you know it's not saying that you cannot still be cute or you cannot uh look cute but you have to you have to ask yourself what are you attracting you know if every time if everything you wear if you got your boobs out and you wondering why the guy all he wanted sex from you and he 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 because you that's all you showing him you, every time y'all yo, yo, day one day one y'all met you just showed him the boobs and everything that's that's what he want now because you he don't he don't want to have a conversation with you it ain't nothing to talk about now can that change sure that can change but you have to ask yourself like okay when am i going to take accountability for this you know, and if you're in sex work, this is not something that you have to do uh, for the rest of your life. It's not something that you have to do for the rest of your life. It's not something that has to be permanent. You know, you might want to start that business. Start that business. Don't just stay in, you know, this uh, this occupation until you get some bread and then go try to open your business. No, just start from do it. Start from another route. You know, when I was, I remember. I was going through a little financial uh, things when I was 19 in my own apartment and they were hiring at the strip club across the street and they were, it said accepting applications. I could have hopped on there and swung on that pole and man, I could have made, I could have made 2000 probably a day, a thousand a day. But I said, what is this going to put me in? What, what more problems is this about to put me in? You know, because most people in a strip club, they not even stripping, just stripping. They sell and they sell. They start going to prostitution. You know, these days, women, they at school at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of the day, and then they at the strip club. And then the, the biggest excuse is, oh, I was doing it for tuition. You Do you know how many how many agencies and scholarships that can help you? You don't need to do that. 
that you want to do that. You don't need to do it. You want to do it. You want to do it. And then most of the most of y'all spending all the money on wigs anyway. $600 wigs. Y'all ain't got no money left. You know, so you got to ask yourself, do I want to do this? Am I really doing this? You know, is this something that I want to do? So that's all I'm saying with this. You, when you, when somebody is experiencing something like an addiction or they already going through stuff, sex work, it's not making the, it, it ain't, it's not making the, the industry better. It's not making this addiction better. It's enabling this, this It's giving people, it's, it's feeding it even more. It's feeding it even more, you know. It's not enabling it, and so I and I I don't I don't support it. First off, yes, they should be protected. Yes, I still love them, but as an advocate against sex work, sex trafficking, I can't support sex work. That's like me saying, okay. Go ahead, girl, and do your thing. And I'm over here saying, free the children. It's the same thing. Children are sitting here. There's nine-year-old kids on social media that are seeing these, your legs or your your, uh, butt probably popping up and some kid watching you twist and doing all this stuff. And it can be, you know, that can be just, that can be a little seed that was planted, just like it was planted for, it was planted in my life as as a, you know, as a child. So, it's not trying to say um, that you can't be happy and that you can't wear what you want. You just got to understand what you, what you, who you are as a person and what you're doing is going to attract. It's, it's going to attract some type of way. Now, am I saying that you attract danger coming to your life is because of how you dress? No, I'm not saying that. It could be warfare. It could be something else. But you got to know, hey, is this me? I had to ask myself many times, is it me, Lord? Is it me? Because we could blame everybody else, but is it me? Do I need to change something about myself? Do I need to um do something? Do I need to like, is it me? What are you calling me to do? What God is calling me to do might not be what he calling everybody else to do, but I knew that I needed to um, change some things about my, my life. I did. You know, so let me go ahead and pray. I know this has been a long session. This has been a really long podcast, but I'm going to go ahead and pray. And if anyone, if you are in sex work, if you have a sex addiction, okay, and you, you've been, you know, if you have multiple partners right now, and if you are in fornication, sex before marriage and you desire to honor God with your body. I'm not talking to people who, who, uh, you know, amen, why she worried about it? No, 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 no. I'm, t- I'm talking about people who are genuinely, you have been struggling. There's some people on this podcast, you have been, you've been wanting to go on this celibacy journey. You've been wanting to go on this abstinent journey. You know, celibacy, you might not stay there for, like that for the rest of your life, but you have been trying to just go on the journey. Even if it's for a year some people say, you know, I'm going to do a one-year um, abstinent journey, one-year celibacy journey. You've been trying to go on it, but for some reason, it's just been so hard for you. But you really want to do this. You want to do this for your spirit. You said, I want to I want to go on this. You've been trying to go on this for a while. Some people, six months. You've been trying to do, like, a big chop in your life, whether it's chopping off your hair, uh, 
chopping off um going just a few months with no makeup you've been trying to do something like this and you have been eager to do this but something is just stopping you you afraid you don't know if if you what people are going to think about this new journey you've been posting it and taking it down uh because you feel like you you gonna mess up or you know you said i want to go on this journey then you have sex you know the next day or the next week so you're you're afraid to go on this journey no i want you to stay in this and i want you to stay on this journey and if you and let's say you 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 fell off I don't want you to take it down. I want you to start, keep going that same, stay on that same pace and keep it up and be consistent. So if this is you, I'm going to pray for you. If you are experienced, you are an escort. If you have experienced sexual abuse, if you have a porn addiction, whatever addiction you have, you have an addiction to, to prostitute where you paying for prostitutes and you paying for sex work. You got an addiction to pornography. You know, you have an addiction to, um, um, you know, cam videos, um, dark web searches whatever it is that you have this addiction to this perversion if you're uh, a male and you um have an addiction if you're a male and if you're in um a relationship but you are curious for uh the same sex and you know you want to experiment and you you don't know why it probably came onto you from uh from pornography or something like this i'm gonna pray for you you know, I'm going to pray for you today. Something else I want to say, if you are in a relationship with the same, with a woman, um, or if you're, if you're a woman and you're in a relationship with a man and you are, um, experimenting with another person that is of the same sex, you need to tell your, you need to be honest with your partner. You need to tell your partner, Hey, I have, even if you, if, if it was some years ago and you don't want to explain to them that you was, this was your, you was in the same sex relationship in your past, you know, that's you. But if you currently going through something or if it was right before they got to, together, it's, even if it's, it wasn't a passion, it's very important to explain because if there is any um, STDs, STIs, or whatever it is that you brought from that, also the whole thing would get in checked, you know, get in checked before all these other partners. That's important, but it's very important to disclose um, if you're in an open relationship. If you're in an open relationship, disclose that before getting into a relationship or even trying to get another partner because that other partner might not want to be in an open relationship. Be honest with people and tell them that you are open, that you that you 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 got multiple partners. Be honest with them. Even if it's a multiple partner that is another man of or same sex, be open because you can be bringing this person something else and putting bringing something else into someone's life. That's so important. So if this is you, I'm going to pray for you. You know, I'm going to pray for you. If you feel like that you've been going on this risky lifestyle where you've been trying to uh, get right, but every time you you just been doing whatever, you've been doing whatever, you've been having two, three men a week, you've been having two, three women a week, you've been swiping on Tinder three times a week, you got an addiction. I'm going to go ahead and we're going to go ahead and pray today. And I want you, I'm going to pray today uh, for you. And I am praying that whatever resources the Lord gives you, like I told you guys, I am here. You can reach, you can, you can find my inbox. Okay. You can shoot up my inbox. You can leave me a voicemail. You can message me. I am here and I will get you resources because this is important. You know, you can start over today. And I want you guys to know that just because you lost your virginity, uh, does not mean that God cannot restore you back again. God can restore you and you can start over just because something else, just because you lost your virginity doesn't mean that you have to have, that you need to wear, um, an ivory dress on your wedding. I was doing a, um, 
some marriage counseling and one of the brides she was gonna wear an ivory dress and I was shopping with her I said get a white dress and I said, the Lord has purified you and you are made new. And I said, you can start over any time and God is going, and she did. And when she came down that aisle, I was crying, y'all. So uh, we're going to get into that. But uh, uh, singles and celibacy is, is going to be starting up. So make sure you guys subscribe so you can really listen into that because I'm going to be talking about so much, um, so much with that. But the Lord can restore you and I pray and I pray and I know the Lord is going to restore some of you guys today. So I want to go ahead and pray if there's anything in your life from the past, present, uh, anything that you're worried about, I want you guys to start this journey and give yourself and say, Lord, you know what, Lord, I am fleeing from fornication. Lord, I give up fornication in my life. So I want you guys to say with me, Lord, I let go of fornication. Lord, wash me, Lord, Lord, make me new. Lord, I repent uh, from getting coming out of your will. Well, Lord, I pray that you help me on this journey to know that this is a journey of progression. This is a journey of progression. God, I pray for anyone under the sound of my voice today. God, I pray that you begin to move in their life right now. Lord, I pray that you begin to move regarding any addictions that they have in their life, any strongholds that they have in their life. Lord, I am praying that they are free today. God, I'm praying against um, any condemnation that is making them feel, condemnation come from Satan that is making them feel discouraged and discontent. Uh, making them feel unworthy or disgusting and that they're never going to be married that they're never going to be in a relationship or that they're never going to be happy or free. Uh, I come against that in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray right now that you restore everyone under the sound of my voice, that they can move forward, Lord, and that they can constantly walk through this and not be condemned. Um, but no, even Lord, I pray for sex workers right now all over the world, God, that you give them confidence, that you give them, um, high self-esteem lord and you also let them know that you love them lord even in the midst of their sex work even in the midst of what they are doing um who they are sleeping with even in the midst of that bed that you are with them god and you are not going to leave them and that you are still going to chase them and and you are still yearning for them to come to you god god i pray for everyone over the all, all over the world under the sound of my voice, God, and I pray that it is done and that this message is released to everyone and that they are changed and they are transformed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. I am praying for you guys. I love you guys so much. Please reach out to me. Send me a message. Send me a voicemail. And please remember, do not give up. Whatever you're going through, whatever that you are moving through and whatever your journey is know that God is with you and he is in it and he is going to redeem you and he's going to give you the victory I pray for you guys I love you guys so much and I'll see you next time I'll talk to you next time on my next podcast all righty bye-bye